0: Welcome to Tactical Crouch Podcast episode 181, the Overwatch esports podcast where breaking news of things happening in the esports space happen like 30 minutes right after we finish recording and now I completely know how some of my colleagues in the Overwatch space feel as well because I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen today gentlemen, after we finish this recording there's probably going to be some major roster moves that we're not even ready for so I, I, I think maybe... You know, this is what we do. We start like half an hour late today so that we can finish half an hour late. And then we'll see right at the end. I'll, I'll even pause for like five minutes. Like, guys, just a couple moments of silence here. Let's just wait, refresh Twitter a couple of times, see what updates we get, and see who retires and maybe rejoins a roster. And uh, maybe we'll get lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's just uh, Atlanta to make a move. It, it seems like all the teams that, uh, you know... Didn't say so who you want one. to
0: make a move on. <laughs> Not who I
1: want to, but who it feels like is next in line to go. and, really? Really? you know, thanks for, you know, playing. I think it's Otlos. Again? They just did. Yeah, no, but like it feels
2: like you get rid of hydration in order to get someone, right? No? No? Okay.
0: <laughs> I think that's... The team looks pretty full. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my feeling on that. It's like it's a lot of people on that team already. They have like five DPS's. I think. Uh, I mean, not anymore. Probably okay. Wait, who? Would, oh, which position bad. would you want someone for on Outlaws? Well, they only have. Well, they technically have three. Jake covers support and DPS, so he's going to do both there. True. Um, I don't know. They're doing good. Like, I don't think you need to replace anybody on this team. I was even surprised they got Dreamer. I don't yeah. know how this ends up being a Houston Outlaws discussion. But here we are. <laughs> we're, just got, we're just getting into Houston Outlaws nice and early. We actually had in the show notes that we were talking about Houston Outlaws last. So we must be doing the show in reverse today. Exactly. So we started on the Houston Outlaws. Speaking of starting, let's get the show started properly by covering the San Francisco news that we missed last mm-hmm. week. I say missed. Missed meaning that, like, it happened after we finished. So, like, if we had finished half an hour later, we probably would have been like, hang on, guys. Breaking news right at the end of the episode, where I'm sure everyone had stayed towards. If you stayed until the end of the episode, good on you, pat yourself on the back, and thank you. I don't know how to thank you, except just to say thank you. That's probably should be enough. For most people, that's enough. But uh, episode 181, guys, brought to you by Refine Bean, Fraudino, Battlecrap, Lolshin, Rex Zane, Sir Girthlot, Porkchop Sammy, Cassius67, Chara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R, three, four, 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 four. four bronze, bot Buhal, Hunter Tain, Yiskas, or Percentage Show, Joel Chonk. I never, I always feel like I do an extra four or one less four for Chris R, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's just four fours. So I'm gonna make sure it's just four fours, not five fours or three fours, even though there's a number three there. But we're gonna start things, gentlemen, with a discussion about uh, the recap of what happened in our first week of Summer Showdown, mm. and you know, and the roster moves that have happened. Diving straight into it, strike is gone, and then within like the hour or two hours after that, just so that San Francisco Shock can give their time, uh, give their fans a little bit of time to mourn and grieve and be upset, it's almost strategically they waited to to drop the odds. They could have probably done it in the same announcement, but they strategically waited a couple hours and then dropped the odds like, hey, just kidding, we have someone coming back though, so it's not all bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nice that they did it that way. I definitely could see how people, you know, would would take such a big, you know, such an integral integral piece of this the shock core kind of, uh, you know, departing. Um, and yeah, it, it it was one of those ones. I I remember kind of like crawling into bed, you know, last last swipe on, you know, Twitter, seeing, you know, Call if I missed anything, 10. and you know, <laughs> wiping the the crusties out of my eyes and strikers said goodbye. I'm like, this is a, this I'm, I'm sleeping. This is a dream. I have, I've, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. It's, it it didn't seem real. And then the ons thing, as I woke up, uh, it's kind of a lateral move of superstars, but filling different, very, very different roles. Right. Um, you lose, if not, you know, one of the, if not the, you know best tracer in the league or maybe even the game's history to be fair um and that's not something you can easily replace uh, but they did get somebody who can take over games who does have you know all-star superstar kind of qualities and odds with uh, the Widowmaker and the ash and it's disappointing we don't get to see the shock with striker in this meta because you could there, there are definitely realms where striker could have shined um and that's not to say that Ons won't or can't, as the meta progresses. But as we kind of see it right now, where it sits, not a ton of room to kind of play the heroes, you know, that he's more known for. Let's say, um, so yeah, kind of a unfortunate situation, I guess.
0: Uh, the ideal lineup you want is striker Ons together. Yeah, that's yeah. their twenty twenty lineup. That's their you know, that's their winning lineup. That's the DPS roster that will get you two best in slot players in two super important roles and you're good to go. The only thing they don't cover in that is they don't cover, you know, some of the really good projectiles like Echo and Agio, but that's fine. You cover everything else. Um, and I have i no actual information, just pure speculation on my part. Um, but I'm fairly certain that, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me that Striker probably would have wanted to retire maybe a little bit earlier, but held out to get Arns back and just kind of filled the space and sure. filled time until Arns could be, you know, announced back into the team and they can do just a bit of a swap. You know, one goes out the door, the other one comes in pretty seamlessly. Um, so if that's actually true and that's how things went down against Speculative on my side, then, you know, props to Striker for doing that because he could have, you know, gone. Oh, yeah. uh, it just seems like the timing is a little too specific for that not to be the case. It's mm. like you don't have... Striker retiring, then, like, boom, Arns coming back all in the same time period, all in the same day, as a pure coincidence. Like, that is pretty meticulously planned, if anything. So, to me, I it makes no I think it's also the other way
2: there. around. Unfortunately, it's also the other way around, where I think there's no room in the budget to bring on Ants again. Mm. Because if you think this about could be the story of Ants, right? He came in pretty unproven. I don't think he had a great contract with uh, San Francisco sure. Shock in the, in his first season. Then he was extended. Then he retired. Got a bag probably from T one. Not sure. I'm not coming back if I'm unless I get a bag. So how do I get a bag? Only if uh the shock
0: can you know to sacrifice another player. Yeah.
2: I mean I think that's a high probability of being true, yeah.
0: Well, what happened first? Does does Arn say, I wanna come back? Uh and shock are like, Well, and there's only way that only one way that can happen. Uh I don't imagine Shock going to Stryker or going to somebody who's like, go, they yeah. have a team meeting, like, would anyone like to retire for Arn? <laughs> uh I don't think that happened. I, I no. think it's far more likely Stryker says to shock management, you know, sometime earlier this year, hey, I'm having doubts about my career, I'm having doubts about playing in this esport, whatever, or just esports in general. I don't, we don't actually know where where he's going, what he's doing after this. I mm. uh, probably just taking a bit of time for now. But Stryker probably let his management know. I would say early, uh, early enough for the management to do something about, it. and that do something about it is shock going. Well, who can we pick up? Hey, you know, Arns is not doing that much in Valorant right now. Should we just hit him up for fun? Just be like, oh, why not? Just why not? Why not just like send him a DM, drop a line, and see what happens. And they get the conversation started, and they're like, "Holy shit, this is maybe actually happening." And then it just—that's how they work it out, and they work out the dates and time, and like, "Okay, strike will play up until here, and then we transfer the salary over to Arns." At this point, they just, you know, come in and out. Yeah, wouldn't be—it's got to be planned in some regard.
2: I think. Another thing that might also be part of the conversation is, um, like, Arns saying something like, uh, "Sorry," um, Krusty thinking something like, "Okay, what kind of players do I have?" Now, it is peculiar that Anz is coming back, but it's also undeniably true that if you compare the performances of Anz and Glister in, the, in seemingly pretty oh. similar heroes, Anz is the better player yeah. for the shop uh, specifically.
1: The only thing that he and, probably could argue is Tracer,
2: but... Yes, yeah, and that's, that's probably like part of the thinking process where it's like, okay, this allows Glister to now focus on Tracer. Problem being... Blister is also not as good as striker tracer. Yeah. So, so I'm saying you need both.
0: You need striker and Arn. Yes. But you can't do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you could argue, like for instance, I talked to uh, Amazed, who's going to play the shock soon, yeah. and I asked him like, who would you rather play against? And he said, I would rather play against Arns, shock than striker shock, right? And I think yeah. that's that's probably universally true. I think, like, because Tracer is probably more I impactful hero also in this matter, like, how, how often are we actually playing long range inscan at this point? Not
1: that it's much. Just a, the weird ball comps that you are running. So, Arn's hash.
0: playing more McCree than anything else. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, and
0: there is also a question if he actually has that kind of impact, right? Um, Tracer's always been more impactful, and Tracer will continue being impactful in a sort of space where she can no longer be banned. She's not. She's safe from being banned in Countdown Cup. So for the rest of the year, the rest of the season, Traces in the pool, no matter what. And whenever Traces in the pool, she's defining in the pool. She's a meta-defining hero. Yep. She is one of the most impactful heroes possible. Um, and so, yeah, I 100% agree with uh, you know your conversation with Get Maze, where it's like, yeah, you would rather play against the Arns version, the striker version. Both are pretty scary for different reasons. When Arns gets a Widow meta, that's ridiculous. That is. That that might actually feel worse to play against than you know a striker in a tracer meta, just because it's like instant impact. I mean, you pop, you you walk out in the anywhere in the open, and Arns just gets a freebie straight away, uh, and he does it consistently. So any wonder maker that exists, like I think the the peak peak of you know insufferability is definitely with Arns if we're talking about peaks. But just generally speaking, and you know consistency, it's it's probably much harder to play against a striker-backed yeah. uh, Shock than Hans. Yeah, for sure.
1: And, and to your... that kind of dances around uh, a narrative that I think has been a little underlooked regarding the Shock, and it's been the integration of Glister. Um Even with the matches that they've had thus far, this is a person who we've seen do incredibly good things, but for whatever reason, he is not landing uh, he is not finding purchase in this team for whatever reason it might be. Um, do you guys it have the any, sounds like the whole team? Oh, it 100% fair. is, but I think even, even his individual performances, um, this week, I think it's more positional and I'll say that's the team, but even I think it was in May when we first kind of saw him, I think it was, there was a, a very bad Dorado game for him. Um, And that's that's just not like him. I think that he's he has a very bizarre role in this team, even looking at some of their June games Mm -hmm. where he's just like permanently flanking. And I and I like that. But it's just like that's definitely carried over to this month where he is just flanking. He's kind of being left alone. And often either is getting dove or has to make a hero play to dig himself out of a hole. Uh, I think that still is more team centric, but. This isn't this isn't the shock. They don't do this. What? Like where where has things where where has it gone wrong that you're having such a talented player kind of play one position and one position only and just kind of flail about.
0: I mean, he's got the yeah. hardest job, one of the hardest jobs to do. Agreed. On any team which is to fill <laughs> you've gone from filling Arn's <laughs> shoes to yeah. filling striker's shoes. It's like this guy is a career at least on the short career shoe filler and unfortunately yep. No matter what pair of shoes you try and fill in, they're always like five sizes too big, um, and that's no—that's no slander against Glister. I don't think anybody, there's most players, could not comfortably do that, unless uh-huh. you're like you know buying over a profit or something. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry, for that might have triggered some people that we're going to get to the profit discussion a little bit later, um, as we usually do. But it's it's tough, it's tough for Glister out there because he also had a, a, a positional thing where to start with he's like okay well he's the scan guy or he's mm. meant to be and then he didn't play it and then violet ended up playing that and we all remember what happened and, you know early on for shock uh, and glissa was trying to fill into that position and now they're doing a bit of a 180 and be like okay no well glisten now you're the tracer guy because striker's gone you have to be the tracer guy now you're filling striker's shoes and that's just in, equally if not tougher job um and he's having to switch focus because there's not a lot of players in the league that i feel comfortably phil and i phil's probably an understatement like anywhere between super comfortable to master like no one's super comfortable very few players are super comfortable on both tracer and like hard hit Mm -hmm. scans like name the players who are super comfortable with it's like leave who plays tracer and mccree and ash and a bunch of stuff um flair Fledder. not even that because no he's not because he doesn't play mccree Flitter's mccree was not good yeah not like he was known for watermaker like way back in the day but i don't think yeah. he's touched that in a long time nope. um not even profit like i don't profit doesn't yeah. even necessarily it's fill all while, those yeah. positions as well so it's like out, yeah. that single position is mega tough to, lip, to would play you say? Around. So, uh lip might be yeah lip's probably one yeah. of the other players lip and leave Double Ls, you see, as your name has to start with L to start with, um, and there's very. I'm sure there's others that I just can't, can't think of at sure, the time, yeah, uh, still at still the fun. moment. But I'm just saying that's a very unique kind of position team where you're very good, more than comfortable on a tracer and also then on a yeah. McCree. And I'm not expecting Glisser to do that, which is why it's hard because like you can't you can't have your focus being hard hit scans and then 180 down to tracer and expect that to be pretty good. Even though I think he's had a good showing on tracer so far, it's yep. just going to take a while before that becomes. Any level comparable, and I don't think it'll ever be striker because it just yeah, won't. Like maybe yeah, it will, tough. but probably not. Like who could yeah, yeah. who could ever be striker again? Like that's who's just gonna yeah, you know, who's gonna bet on as, that. A, as a height to try and reach? So, yeah.
2: Agreed. Yeah, there's legitimately think, nobody that could rival that level, right? Like it's, no,
1: at least you you wouldn't place a bet on it. I think there's a possibility that you know maybe there's some contender's talent that plugged into the right team maybe can be or achieve that level. Um, but yeah, it's not something that's probable, right? To his credit, I thought that you know during this week for for their matches, I thought that specifically during the Glads game, I thought that him, um, and I believe it was Smurf specifically, had a quite quite good synergy. But it felt like they were the only weapons on control that they could really rely on. Um, everything else past that point was just kind of a flailing, leaving you know whether it be Ons on hit scan or Glitter on hit scan, just kind of on an island. Um, often abused, kind of just caught out, um, and, and not having them, you know, immediately in the front line, kind of definitely made an impact on on how much value enemy Winston's got. Um, but yeah, it, the synergy there for his tracer has been solid. Um, but to say that you know he's adequately filling striker shoes is is definitely tough but there again it'd be tough for anybody to be fair so yeah it, it's 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 still awkward they're still kind of finding their feet and it's sad because you look at the team and this should be like a shoe in for at least you know contending for a title and it's just a weird <laughs> but they puberty phase.
2: still are you know like that, nah. that's that's a little that's a little my problem with this entire narrative where it's like is so doom and gloom. This team is still eight and two, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Yes, they I, they flunk out the, those uh, tournaments things, and of course, uh-huh. yes. Like, I was I was very quick to just like announce that the errors so, over. Like, they're not <laughs> as dominant. They're not a bad team, dude. It, actually, they're a good team. They're close to a great team. So I, I don't know. Like, the the level of scrutiny is only contrast against the uh, yeah. I Agreed. get it. They want the three-peat, Pete, Yes. But at the same time, like only also to only put it onto the players when uh when there's a viable um oh, argument. terms this of, this like, is definitely a lot not of coaching talent go as agreed. well. Uh, the organizational stuff could be a different. The the environments, the matters. Like, let's 100%. not talk about the the theoretical. Um, just like variance, like how unlikely it was for the shock to be as good in in these two matters that. Could also just be happenstance, and it's not hitting this season. Like, there's so much, so many ways to uh, to find viable arguments as to why the shock is experiencing the performance that they are, which again is not terrible. But like, I don't know. Like, if I would necessarily, especially this focus on Glista and Nero is so weird, dude. Like, oh yeah,
1: individual performances. I think you have to kind of. walk i mean yeah oh, right. violet did play break <laughs> uh, just
0: naming, i'm just naming all the players that are always within the fans line of sights you know just always within the crosses
2: that's that's the I, weird thing as well like everyone focuses on the new players does anyone think violet plays the same way they he played last season he's not an MVP level cl- caliber player at the moment
1: but i think that's more i think again a lot of the individual like critiques can be put on the team as a whole as you aptly said none of the criticism at least um from from our neck of the woods, I will say, um, is individually focused. It's more of like, how is this person not being integrated? The, what the is going is, wrong with this team? Why are they not coordinated uh, anymore? Yes, what but it's happened? like level
2: of thinking that rivals like building a Lego castle. It's like, well, I had these building blocks, and last time I built this castle, it kind of was stable. So this was the Ants block, and this was the Troyobin block, and the Smurf block, and the Super block. So which blocks are new so the, this castle is not, you know, like in- like holding up? arch oh, it's the new blocks that are breaking. What's actually broken is, like, the violet block is not fitting into the rest of the castle, as is, like, with the same. I would even argue that the main tech position is also not the same iconic uh, situation. Sure. Also, there's, like, you're building this castle into, like, people having wrecking balls ready to just, like, kill your castle all around the league where there's like six teams that are legitimately like the same mm-hmm. the same level of your uh like talent level unlike it was in the previous seasons where it's like two teams that can sort of like get there with their innate talent but most of the time they have like two bad players there's mm-hmm. like six teams that don't have bad players anymore bro like wake up to true. that
0: you reality won to add on to add on to your lego analogy and then the shock fans step on the legos and they and they get upset they're like oh mm-hmm. i just yeah. stepped on a bunch of legos yeah also i was very amused as the first time it shouldn't i don't even know why i'm amused by this first time i've ever heard like like a german accent with a list more like that's just oh. i've never that's quite <laughs> no no no, no that's
1: that's, <laughs> that's esports slavo zizek oh and i'm going what? to i'm going to summon him if you don't know it's not a big deal he does this uh, from time to <laughs> that time that? um you know, um, to to summon like Mr. Dumb. Zizek again. Oh, yeah, uh, wow. What do spot. you say? What do you what do you say to uh, me having the shot go 0 and 4 this stage? Uh, what <laughs> you say? This is stupid. I, hang, well, hang on. <laughs> Le-
2: <laughs>
0: this is complete horseshit. First of all, they first of all they can't go 0 and 4. Why but, not? Because they, they already, already won a game. Yet. Oh yeah, they did beat London. <laughs> <laughs> I already, I, I already God. kind of
1: mentally checked that as a loss anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was, you know? It
2: kind of was a loss against London. Nobody won that game, if you're being honest about it. It's true. That's true. I mean, it's nobody insane. will get this reference because, like, nobody's <laughs> lame enough to listen to Slavoj Žižek in 2021, but whatever. We, we try.
0: Uh, a, a researcher at the Department of Philosophy of the University of, I'm going to get this wrong, Luge Bidyana, Faculty of Arts <laughs> and International Director of Birkebeck Institute for the Humanities of the University of London. There right. you
2: go. Well, it, what he's really known for is like person. a public intellectual, Marxist, like pre public, but not the way you think, just has some interesting opinions that are often also really questionable. In the,
1: they, they're,
0: they're just Marxist, novel, you generally know? generally do have interesting <laughs> opinions, i found.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, and he does a killer impression, so we have to sum it uh, from time to time. Okay, so um, I, I'm ready to talk about Shock overall a little bit deeper as well. We're sure. spent like we going to spend like 30 to 40 minutes just on the Shock, so half the podcast today is just going to be about the Shock, <laughs> I think, and we've just all this pent up. Um, it's also due to the fact that they've already played two games. We can sort of uh, gloss over the... Well, gloss or get into detail of the Gladiators game and London game. Um, there were three... Matches that went to no, I lied. There were five matches that went to five maps, and two of them were the shock. Mm. And the other ones were glad it is Paris and Florida Toronto. So we had some good games, good games being longer games and not just three O's. We have plenty of three O's as well. Um, but uh, I'm looking at this roster, this roster being shock as a long term project, long term being until the end of the season because because right, they have a really good re- record right now, they're still sitting at eight and two. They have eight points, which is only two behind Dallas. Uh So at this point, if Shock continue, you know, just trudging along, uh, collecting three ones or maybe even two twos or maybe even four zero, but let's just assume three ones. I could see them definitely getting to the end, making playoffs pretty comfortably. And at that stage, you're wondering, okay, now has the on striker trade-off worked out. And when I say worked out, I don't mean they did this on purpose. I mean, like, this, these are the cards they got dealt, uh, and could they make that work? So, you get to the end of the year, Glister's still playing Tracer. You'd ideally, between now and the playoffs, until the end of the year, his Tracer has a bit of room to grow, and maybe could end up being quite good, or just ends up being what the team needs. Because if nothing else, if you don't have a superstar carry on your Tracer... Uh, you're at least able to facilitate Arns. You don't need to be a superstar on the Tracer, but if you are if you can't be that, you can be a more supportive style and you can just make sure you're fending off the other Tracer. Make sure that Arns is not under super amounts of threats. Make sure you have enough threat potential that you're taking pressure off of Arns. And if that's enough, that gets you across the line. So
1: we'll see. see. I, mean, degrees. I think
0: Superstar's can still be a team that can make a deep run. I don't know if they can do the three-peat. Let's be real. Like, three-peating in any point, sport or esport is so tough. Like, I can't even name a team in esports that's done a three-peat. Yeah. Uh, I think a few traditional sports teams have done it, like Chicago Bulls and stuff like that. But that's even super rare. So I I, yeah. I think the entire... Maybe this is where the Shock fans go wrong, but maybe why why they get so moldy about the fact that, yeah, you beat the 3-2 London, and you're, it's really upsetting. And, okay, Arns just got here. There's gonna to need to be a bit of time for that to work. Gliss is maybe just moving over to drawers trace, they're gonna need a bit of time to work that out as well. Um, but if your expectation as a shock fan is that you're gonna three Pete, well, I mean that that those are that's a very high expectation to come in with. And you're definitely setting yourself up to be disappointed if that's your expectation.
1: Yeah, I, I mean to your point regarding like the more kind of defensive or you know, um marking style, I feel like that definitely denotes what kind of role they play. Where they're just kind of trying to deny the other tracer. I mean, it's uh, it's been a few years, but you know, reg won a title off the back of literally just doing that. Eska the same Come way. Most titles for anybody. <laughs> yeah, like it, it is viable, but you have to overcompensate somewhere else, right? You have to have somebody else filling in that blank, and Ons can do that if given the meta, right? Uh, much in the same way that Prophet did for uh, Reg and you know,
0: other people did
1: for Eska as well, so.
0: I have a hot proposition. Is that a thing, but you can have a hot take, but I have like a hot, hot proposition. Okay. Yeah, a hot proposition. Um in a dark alley. Does that does that sound creepy? Anyway. Um uh, yeah, I am wearing a trench coat. Yes, there's <laughs> extra clothing underneath, but I'm not gonna get <laughs> you on These clothes. watches. Um <laughs> we wanna buy some snacks, kids. <laughs> um we I don't know why I said that. We uh, my my hot proposition, my kind of suggestion for the team is if you could make it so that Nero is actually a tracer guy, along with the rest of his hair pool. You would actually nail your 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 dps lineup one of the issues that i'm seeing with a shock dps lineup is that and i'm just gonna you know, I, I don't know what their plans retire is no one does probably not even the shock yeah, um we'll just speak to the three players that do get played for now <laughs> and the I main issue i see the main issue i see is like you are having a lot of swaps between three but you don't have this kind of stable core that's some of the better DPS users that I think exist, for, for example, Profits is right there. Flitter Lip is right there. Um, what you're kind of lacking is if you want to play certain comps and you want to play certain things, you want to have, you know, now you're playing Glistenero and you're not using Arns. So, is Arns going to be your big carry or not? And there's two things here. It's like, A, either he's not and you're not playing him much because of that, which is like an issue. It's like, well, now you've now you don't have a striker and Arns isn't the guy pulling the weight either. That's a bit of a problem. Or he is, and you can't play him at certain points in at certain points in time because the the pull's just in there. Because Arns is not gonna have a tracer. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a tracer that we know of. And it's not we, no one expects him to have a tracer. Like I said earlier, that specific yeah. pull of tracer plus hard hit scan usually doesn't exist. That's a very hard pull to master. Um, so what you're going to need is you're going to need to play, generally speaking, we want, you want to see Arns play all the time. If possible, this team should just run Arns all the time because he's either going to be your hard carry or or not, and if he is, that's great, and that's how you're going to win this season. If you if you can't, well, this is a, this is a big problem for Shock, so you're assuming that he is, and who do you run him with? If you run him with Glister, does Glister cover enough heroes? Right now, based on what I'm seeing, at least the Shock have displayed, I don't think Glister necessarily does He's your tracer guy but what you want is nero's hero plus the tracer now Nero's hero is the kind of position where you can see tracer players pop in there he's got some projectiles he's got a lot of projectiles actually plus the tracer that's actually not a super out there demand that's actually a lot more common in dps players than like tracer plus hard hit scan for some reason so if nero could be your tracer guy plus those extras then you have this nero Arns duo that I think could be really, really powerful. And would you, does that mean you probably won't use Glister as much? Probably, but maybe for like a hard double hit scan, you could use Glister. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I think they would have a better time if they managed that as a hero pool rather than expecting Glister to be their Tracer player. Yep. But it's That's a lot true. of work for Nero. The
2: thing is, I'm questioning like, do you need like an absolute bomb tr- Tracer in- necessarily in order to succeed? Because if you... No. Okay, let's let's go down the lists, right? Like, yes, for instance, Dragons has one, right? No problem sure. there. Dynasty has yeah. one. So APEC pretty much, like, you know, proves hey, that you kind of...
1: Fuel doesn't. No. Right? Serviceable, fine. Good enough. But it, you don't have to have a superstar. You just have to, like, have something else that kind of compensates. Not only do they have other individual stars, but they have teamwork that they've showcased all season, right? Like, they have other weapons to use. As you continue down the list, you start to dwindle in those weapons, whether it be coordination, teamwork, other individual stars that you can kind of rely on, maybe hero pool issues, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, Outlaws, I think Dante is better than serviceable for sure. sure. Uh, Gladiators, I mean, we don't need to really talk about that. There's like two people that can play it very well. Mm hmm. Um, so really weird to see if defines this high up, but uh yes. I mean they <laughs> have Aspire, I guess. Um and like Logics is there and like actually probably also not mm-hmm. Justice has the K if he plays, so that's a yes, right? But yeah, it's it, it's getting thin. Like I'm not sure if there's a if there's necessarily like a, a a thing that you can uh, say that definitely is required For you to be successful so yes like you has played tracer in the past for the charge right so Mm -hmm. theoretically that's possible i just don't
0: know like my mind he actually actually had one map of tracer this weekend as well this weekend past right um this is partially why i even brought it up as i was thinking about that i was like "Hmm, hang on can I make this a thing or no yeah uh i'm trying to remember which exact map it was but it was when nero was someone Nero and glister played together must have been. This is why, it was, to answer your question, I'm like, no, you don't need a god tier tracer. That's why I'm saying, like, even if you had a passable tracer, that end up playing a support style to facilitate another player. That's enough to win. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the short answer is no. All
2: right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, we need to wrap up shock discussions really quickly now because we we would have spent an ass load amount of time on this, but I I think the point is. That shock have a bit of work to do to try to figure out what's going on, and it's not just the DPS but That's the part we're talking about mostly because the roster changes. But I mean, like Violet even showed up on Lucio and Mercy in the past weekend, which is like, well, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like they don't know what they're doing in the support line still because you know, do you if you they're forcing Violet? I say forcing Violet. Like I guess they are because they're using Violet uh, Twilight in situations where you're like, shouldn't FD got be playing right now if you're playing a lot of Lucio and Mercy?
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: Uh, the, the thing for me is I imagine the reason why they play Violet all the time is because he's their, he's their shot caller. I'm pretty certain that's like a pretty standing knowledge. At like least he's vocal, yeah. He's the most vocal player. He's like the guy that kind of leads the team in game, I, I assume. I think. So it makes sense of Violet plays all the time, but if that's the case put Violet on the Ana, put Violet on the Twilight position yeah. and have FD God play your Lucio Moira. It just seems so weird that Violet was that guy doing that kind of stuff um and not playing a particularly good Lucio Mercy that ends up being maybe costly for the team. So Shock have a lot of problems. I, I say problems, like they got a lot of, you know, wrinkles they have to iron out. Like so many wrinkles they have to iron out before they're looking like a team that threatens a championship. So despite mm-hmm. being an eight and two team, at no point am I looking at Shock right now and thinking, yeah, they could be a they could be a champion of a of a tournament cycle. They could be the champions of the league for a three P. Yeah. I'm not thinking that right now. Yeah.
1: I think after after Week 11, the biggest wrinkle to run with that analogy, it does feel like confidence. You look at that Glad's game and how just flow chart based their rollouts are, where they kind of identify like a strong strategic position that they want to kind of fight for. They fight for it. They win it. And then they kind of just sit there. There's a couple like chokes that they kind of waffle about in for about 10 seconds on King's row. Glad's just takes all the time in the world to set up around him and collapse uh it, it, it doesn't feel if you remove the name plates and you you showed me uh, a match of similar compositions between the shock and the paris eternal i could have swore that the paris eternal were, were much more shock-esque right kind of aggressive running it down you know allowing themselves to engage shock just are either not necessarily as confident as they once were finding coordination issues it's it's difficult to put my finger on but I, I guess I would lean on like the confidence just kind of, you, you have to build it back up. You have to just kind of send it in and it might not be the best engagement, but you have to be proactive.
0: Right. Cool. Uh, let's go on to the next team. One of the, the well, the, the opponent that really pushed the boundaries of shock and gave them the first loss of this current stage in this to- current tournament cycle it was the gladiators in three, two fashion. And Gladiators coming in. Kefs is on land now, which is actually pretty massive. So I think we can look agree. Kefz on land It's going to make a decent difference. Face has been revealed. They had an entire like smash, Smack Talk video, and um, you know, everything seemed pretty good. I was, I'll be honest with you, I thought maybe Shock could still come in and win without too much expectation of what the meta could be. Mm. And you don't necessarily, a tracer is going to do a lot of work in this manner, but you could still play a lot of, you know, brawl type compositions. That's got nothing to do with a tracer. Okay. You can have, you know, uh, your Nero May plus Arns on a McCree, stuff like that. And Shock can roll through super on a Ryan on even. And Shock can do plenty well in those types of compositions. So I feel like maybe, you know, getting Arns in early and seeing what he could do. And from what I could tell, Arns, you know, fits back in mechanically anyway he seemed like mechanically like still a top-tier player i don't know well he didn't i, I don't think he played any Widowmaker, but you're not expecting him to just yet so yeah like shock could have probably won this one but glass came out really hot
1: yeah i think I, I was genuinely impressed with how well mirror was playing in particular um i thought for the most part they were extremely coordinated in just abusing the the kind of passive shock that we saw Um Granted, a lot of that was due to their compositions running kind of, uh, I think it was like Brig BAP. Um, so you don't have a ton of engaged tools, but then you look at um, teams in APAC, teams like Boston kind of finding some success with this sprawled composition that you had referenced um, and using Symmetra to kind of close the gap and, and kind of use that as your engaged tool. Um, I don't know if that was just a, a, a scrim bubble that they kind of dodged, but um, Glads in general really did a great job at abusing the... The kind of slow nature um having having um mirror with the capability to play doom as well as a couple other heroes that were kind of niche um shock had no no answers to it and even you know in some of the other matches glads that is um showing a little bit more with the echo genji i believe it was versus uh the paris eternal um they feel a little bit shallow as it comes right now but i feel like that's almost good for them um, one big criticism I've had of the Glads in the past, with these these last two months, has been they've they've tried to do a little too much, and I feel like this is very stylized. This is very within their kind of wheelhouse. Whether or not this will pan out the entire month kind of remains to be seen. I, I do kind of tend to lean more on the the Rhine brawl centric stuff, but Dallas has uh, won a title off of kind of forcing one comp uh, until it you know fails to work anymore. So it's. Definitely within their wheelhouse. I do think there's still some, you know, small kinks to iron out with Muse, but past, you know, his his woes on Reinhardt, I I I do think they they've actually played really well this week. This week, the one the one thing that I will say is I'm kind of like perplexed by their EMP diva bombs. They seem to just want to like pair diva bomb and EMP together, and I'm like, that's too big of an ultimate to just kind of try to combo it's a big with a all it. in right so yeah. it's a massive
0: like investment
1: it's it's not like, a bad thing get, it seems to kind of work at times like, but what it's all about
0: because emp is usually as an ultimate you use to charge other ultimates it's the ultimate where like you should be able to use the emp and not a lot else and be able to win off that yeah. um or you use that and you you put yourself in a situation like i don't even mind emp shatter and the reason for that is because at least you're still charging other ultimates yep. but Self destruct as win conditions has always felt weird because you just delete a lot of players, and yeah, you win a fight, but it doesn't progress your alt economy yep. at all. It's one of those ultimates that does not help your ult economy next to like a nano blade or something like that. Yeah. Um. But I was going to mention their comps are really interesting because Glad's are, are, are <clears throat> clearly like a dive heavy team now, yes. at least in this meta so far, and they're playing a lot of sombra. They're not the only team playing a lot of sombra. Uh, notably, Shock was playing very little sombra. So what I'm noticing in NA so far is that. Teams are trying to figure out, like, you know, what direction we want to go in. Some teams, like Florida, uh, Toronto, and Glads, are going, like, hard into... Nah, it's going to be a Sombra. We're doing a lot mm-hmm. of Sombra. There, but they, even beyond that, Gladiators are trying to run a lot of Doom. So they win this one 3-2. and two, But I'm not even necessarily convinced that their comps are the best. Yet. For some reason, I don't feel good about them winning with, like, Genji Sombra uh, in, in a 3-2 fashion. Like, Genji Sombra, to me... Is not something that's completely out of the picture. Uh and funny enough, by the way, in the the Chinese casters call Genji Shomba the Black Sword Comp. I don't know if I've said that before. It's kind of a cool name for it. Nice. And um yeah, but it's just like it's just seeing seeing Kevs to force the Genji and this end up, I think, biting them in the ass versus Parish a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, like this is just seems you know, it's it's a it, the Doom part is kind of to me like, man, it Galadians are really trying to force Doom.
1: Yes. And and the way that they do it is super interesting, too, because I believe it was in YouTube chat. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think it was versus shock. I think last map was or no, I think it, maybe it would have been Paris. Um, either one of it might actually have been Paris on uh, Oasis University, I believe it was. Um, I think they roll out on Doom Sim and they they have like a really interesting way that they use teleporter. Where I think one fight they use teleporter to get Doom onto the high ground so that he has more options when it comes to his engagements. And then I think one of towards the end of the submap, I think they use the teleporter to almost do like an anti-TP shatter. So they send everybody but the Rhine through to try and get the enemy Rhine to turn the shield and then shatter. It doesn't work, but like the kind of creative glads narrative is still very, very strong with this team, whether it be As much as I kind of nitpicked on it, the EMP bomb, it's definitely a bomb that is Diva bomb. Um, An ultimate that doesn't get a lot of like love. It doesn't see a ton of like set plays with it. You kind of throw it. Divas have gotten extremely good at finding little like Bomberman areas where you have the most surface area to kind of catch people, but you don't see it often used as a win condition. So that's, it's again, very creative team, not doing a whole lot in terms of like compositional, uh, you know, wideness kind of what does it have to do it.
0: with YouTube chat you mentioned YouTube chat the it was of more,
1: the, more the specific map that I'm kind of thinking of I have it like in my memory but I don't remember what opponent it was against
0: but okay. somebody
1: can correct me if I'm wrong
0: I, yes, I might have cut you off earlier I don't know if you had something to add there um, about the glads
2: I mean I think one thing that's really was telling about the the um interview I did with Mirror is that <clears> they really want to force, like, they have now also bought into this idea of, like, playing your own playstyle. You know? Again, that seems to be, like, sort of the theme of this season, right? It's it's interesting how that idea has developed from, like, it's just Chengdu that plays their style in Season 2, to now, everyone seemingly, like, even the best teams embracing, like, not meta, but, like, their, their own, like, sort of flavor. And I think in that sense it makes sense to play Mirror as much because mm-hmm. don't know if there's a better Doomfist in the Overwatch League than Mirror at this point.
0: Sparkle? I mean Sparkle just forgot about Sparkle. Yeah. There's there's I'm there's sure I mean he's up Sparkle there. is considerably better than Mirror. I will see. I mean I've dude, I'm the biggest sparkle Doom simp out there, so you don't want my opinion on that, because I'm just going to say Sparkle's is the best Doom in the world. I Based don't Based on historical evidence, yep. I would say is, but we'll see in 2021 whether that is whether that continues or not. Mm-hmm. So He's also spread thinner now. And to
2: be fair, I feel like that's also true for Mirror a lot of the time, because he has to sort of pour into these positions like behind these star player DPS that they can't fill.
1: Or can't feel at that is he very spread point. Is thin? Or is he just kind of right where he wants to be, where he's kind of playing these niche heroes that well, they don't necessarily If you think about have. Mira, like he played Zarya for them, he even
2: played support yeah. for them once. Then like he has to cover uh hit scan and and projectile heroes. Mm-hmm. Yes, like his DPS partners are also pretty flexible in that. But at the same time, yeah, like it still it out. feels like he's second like he's the guy that fills and doomfist is the first time they play around him instead of him mm-hmm. being the second fiddle
0: agreed, agreed. I, I think Mira is and ironically it's his name as well but he's kind of like kifs's clone in the in some ways he doesn't cover every single one of kifs's heroes they don't cover each other's heroes perfectly but it's almost i see this as almost like a doha sparkle type of relationship as far as heroes mm. go where they cover a lot of each other's bases uh, but Mira and Kifsa probably step over each other's toes a little bit, quite a bit less than Sparkle and Doha do. Yeah. Sparkle and Doha clearly overlap quite hard on several right. heroes. Um, but this is got a kind of thing where, like, they're both very flexible players that fill a lot of projectiles, and then you just have this one hard hit scan on Birdring that comes in for the very hard hit scans that he's he's very specialized on. So this is the kind of situation where a lot of teams, you look at this team and like, man, I just wish I had two of this player. And gladiators do have two of that player. Mm-hmm. They have like two Kevsters almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's, I, I kind of see Mirror as being almost opposite. But they, they, there's also clear roles that Mirror plays that are just better than Kevster, or at least the team believes are, which is for the prime example has to be the Doom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the prime example, what Kevster is definitely better on, at least what the team believes, is the Tracer and probably the Genji yeah. as well. Like those are the two yeah. Kevster heroes. But beyond, beyond Doom, Tracer, Genji, I think the two of them cover a lot of the same heroes and they can do some creative things with that.
1: I think for any kind of Glad's fans that are a little, you know, skeptical with the loss to Paris, um, we'll get to them. But I genuinely think Paris is like playing well. It's not like, oh my God, we lost to the Paris Eternal. I think if you actually, remove, that match. yeah, it's, it, it was actually probably one of my favorite like Overwatch matches of the year, honestly, outside of like the finals and stuff. Genuinely a good game of Overwatch. If you haven't seen it, j- like, take a look. I, I mean, reverse sweeps are rare. Yeah. Why do you say oh, that? What did nerve. you like about it? Um, I think Paris in general did a lot of adapting. Um, specifically when it came to where they were, what they were doing, and who was actually playing McCree. Um, obviously that's a little bit more compositional, and maybe Naga and Onigod um, have different playstyles when it comes to that. But it felt very apparent that Onigod's McCree was a lot more flank heavy. On Iconwald. you saw him kind of take this like big long flank up the tower um kind of playing a little bit farther away in like a pocket position whereas Naga was like right in front of the team um i think it was route 66 was like the 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 momentum shifting you know first map win for paris um he was up in the up in the like the team fight in the front line giving muse a really really hard time kind of finding an entrance into these fights getting a lot of early bubbles out of him um which which leads paris directly into that um, I thought Don had an extremely solid game, kind of, again, adapting on the fly to figuring out what they needed to do, especially on Eichenwald, swapping the ball on second point, being able to be that objective threat. Um, you look at something like that versus somebody, um, Glad's to a de- degree kind of have their home at the moment with the Sombra Doom, with the Genji stuff. Um, or you look at the Shock. I hate to kind of rail on them again, but again, just kind of stuck in the mud. They're not entirely sure what to do, so they kind of just run the same thing. All over the place, and then you have a team like Paris who's kind of fla- not floundering at this point, but you know maybe underperforming or overperforming based on your expectations, but doing well and adapting all over the place, it feels again, I hate to abuse the narrative or the analogy of playing overwatch, but they feel like they're actually using the the roster, they're using the the hero pool available to them and and doing a lot of a lot of good with it. I don't think that those first two matches were completely one sided either. Um, and neither was the whole series. Like it was a close series by and large. And yeah, it was, it was a solid game overall. And like very, very maps. good.
0: Yeah. The first two maps. In the series? Yeah, first
1: two maps, it didn't feel entirely
0: too like one sided. Okay. I, I felt like Oasis was dominated, but <sighs> I could see the other side of that as well. It, I'll be honest, it looked like it should have been a 3 0 after the first two. Yeah. To be really honest. Mm-hmm. Would you disagree with that? Would you I mean, because it sounds like you're saying like probably not, you're like it wasn't that one-sided, which means you're not super surprised by the reverse sweep.
1: Not not to say that I wasn't surprised. I think it was definitely, especially early on Route 66, it was it was a tough go. Um I think there was I think their second sub map on Oasis was a little bit more dicey just because it played, I believe, um if memory is serving, uh, more into the mirror doom, which they really didn't have an answer to. I think on route was it Root or Junkertown? They didn't play Junkertown, so it had to have been Root. Um, I think it felt... It, Paris felt like they were playing a lot of A, and they weren't finding a ton of success with it. I could be mixing that up with other games. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I felt like Oasis wasn't too one-sided. I think they had one map going one way. Eichenwald was was fairly competitive. I liked what I saw out of Paris. Um, maybe I came in with low expectations. Um, but overall, yeah, I I thought that this wasn't... Out of the realm of possibility, with where I kind of evaluated uh, the gladiators at, kind of not a dice roll team, but not a team I, I was really extremely confident in. And then Paris, kind of being a little bit more plucky, being the, I guess the European super team, if you want to call it that, um, been been pretty pretty impressed with Naga. There's only at, one
0: other European team, and they have sure, here. but <laughs> that's the one
1: you kind of expect. I mean, depending on who you yeah. ask. Uh, that's the one you expect to do well, and I don't think many
0: people
1: season Paris. For sure. to do well.
0: Yeah, now the expectation now it's
1: well. I will say shifted
0: completely. The one player that's maybe surprised me, and maybe it just surprises I didn't pay him, I, I haven't paid enough attention. Uh, but honestly, only God coming in mm. on tracer of all heroes when soon has been your tracer guy in Paris forever, and then you have only got on tracer. I was like, right. kind of like, hang on a minute, only God's playing tracer now. But that's really important for the hero pool flexibility because. I I think it's dangerous to have a situation where like well we can't play tracer unless sooner's here because mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't really know what sooner's the rest of his ball looks like it's I don't think any team can afford to have a tracer specialist either like that's kind of dangerous yeah I'm not too sure if sooner is but it, I see him being subbed in to specifically play tracer so the way it comes off to me is that it seems like Paris are using him like a tracer specialist which I just think like he, that is such a weird way to play Overwatch uh, and what only guys doing. And, and this is one of the other players is actually playing hard hit scan plus tracer and good enough to beat the gladiators yep. uh, in, in a unique kind of way. Cause you, you're not getting at that out of Naga. Naga's like a hard projectile player. I don't yep. know if he does tracer. He's like the opposite. He's he, really now the way Overwatch League is at the highest level, most projectile players, these flex DPSs, they have the widest hair pools. And I think that is maybe the hardest position to play in Overwatch League right now, just Mm -hmm. in terms of the requirement of what you need, the prerequisites of like what needs to be on your resume to be able to play in pure hero pools and mastery over all these different disciplines. And then you add on top of that, like this year, especially, well, ever since Echo came out, but this year, especially uh, with how dominant Echo has been, your Echo player needs to also be your tracer player for the most part. So the fact that Naga doesn't bring that to the table means Pariser in this kind of weird spot where like, well, you got Sooner that's going to plant, but then Sooner's not your head scan guy because that's Only God. So, what's going to happen here? If you want to play both an Only God and Sooner, then you don't have Naga, and he's your projectile guy. He, you you want to play your Echo. So, it's just like this three way dynamic to me didn't really work, but then in mm. this Glad's Paris match, suddenly clicked. It's like, hang on a minute, you have Onigod Tracer now. Oh, okay, now this kind of DPS lineup makes a lot more sense. And suddenly, just the, just the fact that Onigod brings a Tracer to the table. I think opens up a lot of possibility for the Paris Eternal.
1: I think there was a lot of, to be completely fair, you know, to the gladiators here, I think Paris did just kind of overperform. I felt like God was just like impeccable with his pulse bombs. If you want to just kind of be in awe of a strong, fair performance, go rewatch Naga towards the end of the series. I think he has like a six kill streak, just, just clapping fools. And then on, to top it off, on that last map, which I believe was Nepal, I believe, um, there's a point at which they flip like a 3v6 fight off of Naga, like identifying that the team is down three members, but chooses the Blizzard anyway, and then Oni like comes in with the sim and just cleans house, and they flip this fight kind of like a shock or or Titans-esque um, in 2019, just investing into these fights that nobody in their right mind would tell you to invest in, right? Like yeah. some some blockchain, I just invented my own cryptocurrency shit. And they come out on top, and it's like you look at that, and that's I mean, it's dangerous, it's risky, but if you can consistently do that Paris Eternal,
0: that's that's dangerous. That's that's some good overwatch. Yeah, I'm I the only one that also looks at the Paris roster and thinks, like, I'm just liking all their positions right now across everything. It's like Onigod, Naga, yeah. Tuna's like all pretty good. Don and Vistola have worked well. Vistola's been surprisingly good. Dredro Khan, like, this has been good. Like, I hate Law. Well, I mean, Neptuno's, you know, a historical player, but I think Dredro has been an upgrade here. Oh, he and yeah. been good 100%. since day one, so you just look at this Paris Eternal roster, and it's just like, I'm liking every single position. It makes sense why this is now the EU super team.
1: Yeah, and then it comes to the coaching, and I think that that's, I mean, for most teams, it probably goes under the radar, but I think that not only is there, like, a strong narrative with, you know, J-Mac coming in and being this, yeah, you know, yeah. Prodigal, you know, crazy stats. I mean, maybe not stats, but like pages on pages of notes to give to the players. Words, right. Yeah, it's it it's coming through. I was I was, I'll be honest. I was skeptical at first. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, let's see what what happens. And this team looks prepared at every point in the game. They're like, okay, cool. The cart stopped on Eichenwald B, kind of halfway through. We're not going to be able to press through, so I'm going to send a ball to kind of play objective. I'm going to have to swap up my tanks. It it feels like a very dynamic team. Which, in my opinion, is a is a strong you know sign of confidence that they're going to do well. And yeah, it's 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 nice to see. It's nice to see good Overwatch, and I think players is is playing some good Overwatch.
2: Yeah, I think one one aspect that uh, amazed highlighted with me is just that they are so hungry and like the circumstances mm-hmm. they are under, like. Okay, ignore like that they already don't have like the most resources and they don't have a team house and whatnot, right? Sure. But then there's also the COVID situation with Dan and like having to rotate scrims there, that type of stuff. I think uh, Amazed himself wasn't feeling great over the weekends. Um, it's like that seems to not matter as much, and the justification mm. for that is that this team is legitimately mega hungry, like. Amazed explained it to, like... Basically, like, this... Okay, I'm I'm going to add a little bit of my... My thinking there. And then add the Amazed on top, right? So let's set up Overwatch League. Nobody gets an Overwatch League unless someone lets you in. You're knocking at the door. You could be the best player in the world. Unless someone says, yes, I'm signing you, you're not getting in. Mm-hmm. You There's no... There's no position... Like, Dia... I's the best player in china by by the performance he had in uh like throughout oh, the contenders it, it doesn't matter he's not let in right now suddenly there's a an organization that i mean sort of says, well, you're coming in because like we can't afford anyone else right and these guys are so hungry, like yes, only God made it before, but like Let's not pretend that that situation at Dallas was any better than, like, the... It wasn't really, like, the... The the destination you want to be when when Mm -hmm. you're the Contenders player that has been grinding it since, like, 2016 or whatever. So, like, everyone there is super driven and has also eaten crap for a lot of time not getting in. So now you got your opportunity, right? And now you also have this... Like, you have, like, a fabric of, like, everyone being this, with Neptune also being out. He was, like, the only real veteran on that team, if you think about it, right? So now it's, like, underdogs galore for everyone else. Yeah. Right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Very much
2: underdogs.
0: It's just Onigo that's been in before, but like you said, that situation in Dallas is, I mean, unenviable. I think it's oh yeah as well so...
2: but i mean let's let's ignore that it's basically it? content oh yeah
0: and yeah the vancouver yeah, I mean, situation is again uh, unenviable yeah, you, so i mean you forget about that <laughs> team sometimes like, they're, they're like rookie 1.5s like a rookie and a half here right. like mm-hmm. they're not but they kind of are like this feels like their first like real team real shot um and to add to like the hunger here as well it's like the not only are they just popping shit from everyone Uh, especially preseason. I'm like, yeah, I was part of that. But it's even... It goes as far back as contenders where they're playing second fiddle to British Hurricane the whole time. Like, these were all the offcuts. Outside of guys like Sooner and got who went over, which, like, you look at the rest of the roster, it's like, these were all your EU offcuts. They weren't even the super elite tier, you know, mile-high club British Hurricane guys. Uh, You know, the aeronautic puns are included there. It's just like... They they were playing hard second fiddle to to that and they weren't good compared to that because British hockey dominated so hard and now they come in and they're the better EU team by yeah. a long shot because yeah I look at Paris now especially after this gladiator's when this reverse sweep and reverse sweeps are mega hard to do yeah, it's hard to as, do as as like a solid mid mid table team Paris right yeah. now are uh, so solid in the mid table that previously the narrative for Paris was like, oh, yeah, they're, like, the best team out of those, like, joker teams at the bottom that don't win. They're, like, the best out of those, right? They're the best of the worst. And now it's just like, no, 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 not even close. They're way above that now. They've elevated so far beyond that that, like, like Paris can easily go to Paris, to me, another type of team that compete alongside the Torontos. Um, mm-hmm. the, Bo- the Bostons, maybe Washington, depending on where they are. And, you know, they could reach... They could reach further up and, you know, potentially... Even challenge higher, uh, and and you know I wouldn't be surprised now if Paris. I mean, what's their scoreline so far? Can they make some? of uh, they yeah. making the knockouts? They're are two they, two. Yeah, they're two. Well, I mean,
1: knockouts for yeah, yeah. Fans they're fans no, two, the I'm knockouts.
0: Sorry. So they they're two and O. And what are, what are, what are they got to get? They got Vancouver to a freebie. Yeah. And they, okay, maybe they lose to Shock. Maybe they beat the Shock. This is the, this is the thing. I have such a belief in Paris right now Yeah, mm-hmm. where an injured Shock could definitely lose to this team. Like, Shock yeah. lost to Glad's. they just be Glad's. I'm not trying to do too much transitive property here, but <laughs> there is a world where Paris go 4-0 at this stage. I'm not even not even yeah. kidding. But at minimum, I think they go 3-1, and 3-1's more than enough to get you in.
1: Yep. 100%. Yep. I think that Shock game, I have it going a very specific way, but, you know, it's the Shock. Anything you know can't necessarily count them out just yet um but that vancouver game is yeah that's one-sided as it gets so so bare minimum 3-1 like you said that's that's a that's a ticket
0: unless anyone's got a final thought on the paris speaking of counting out here we're going to move on to london as the next team last Um, thing
1: on paris i feel like and this is kind of a question for the both of you to to maybe quickly answer um is this your success story for the season yes Like, no expectations, just crazy performance.
2: That's the Valiant of this season, pretty much.
1: I was going to go 2018 Philadelphia Fusion, but yeah, that works. I mean, guys,
0: I think the success story of this season has been the Dallas Fuel, but yeah, we'll go on with Paris. We'll we'll use that one as an acceptable answer.
2: (sighs) It it is. I mean, it depends on what you... That's the problem. Like, whenever people like... for, For instance, that's why I vehemently disagreed with people calling, like... I don't know, Moon or whatever, Woman like coach, coach of, of or like KDG yeah. or whatever, Coach of the Year. It's like, that's a different, like, you're like in that LEGO building contest with entirely different pieces, dude. Like this kid has like the motors from like LEGO like mechanics and whatnot. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, can I bend this LEGO? It's like, oh my God, it just brittle, right? And like, it's, it's just completely different. Like to me, once again, it's about The ratio of how much you make out of the value that you've uh, gotten at your disposal. Right?
1: Yeah. Who's giving
0: these awards now, by the way?
1: Which, I don't know. We got to figure out by the end of the year. We got to have to do our own award show. Oh, you don't want to get me started (laughs) on that one, dude.
0: Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is the most arbitrary award possible because no one really knows. Yeah. No, of course. It's an arbitrary award. I think the coach of the year is just, it it shouldn't, I say, I got to, I have to, I have to, Put the slash S on there early so that people know that this is a this is a bait. Uh, this is the one time I'm baiting where I let you know beforehand that I'm baiting. Is that isn't the coach of the year just the, just whoever's coaching the winning team? Isn't the, the Overwatch League champion team? Isn't the coach oh, of that the team just the bait. The year? Who, who who not who you could how be a do member of the media
2: very easily if you unironically <laughs> believe this? By the way,
0: a member of the what media? <laughs> oh, the ones that That's get. What votes. I'm saying it. But this is what I'm saying is like, this is how people think is it's like, well, I don't know who the good coach is. Surely the coach of a winning team is a good coach. So they get coach of the year. So like, yeah, again, I'm baiting with my my comment, but I'm also like, I don't know, just repeating what the masses say, which is because that's what I'm saying. is totally arbitrary. No one actually knows what the coaches are or are not doing. And you'd never know that unless you are a player on the team or someone on the team comes out and tells you, And no one, generally, no one comes out and says, Oh, yeah, this coach was really good. Or that coach was kind of shit. So we're all just out here guessing. And that's why no one knows who the good coaches are. And you can only assume the good coaches are the ones on the winning teams. Therefore, Coach of the Year goes to the best team.
2: Yeah. And for me, like, I always try to subtract, like, whatever base level X uh, uh, I assume, like, the the on paper roster is able to play. And there's definitely coaches that make that worse so they take that into account and like that's why like i think the only feasible way without being in the room while coaching happens is to look at the base level of the team and mm-hmm. then go um is is there like has the coaching staff elevated that by the way coach of the season once again needs to basically mean coaching staff of the season And then you make the head coach the person. That's the funny thing. Like, I think, for instance, for some weird reason, now J Mac would get a lot of votes just because he's like so extraordinary and like weird in what he does that that caught attention. And also, by the way, like uh, Paris Eternal play the media game and also pretty well and the PR game, especially Avala. So, um, yeah, it, it, I guess I, I get it that that it's hard to judge, but like you gotta have a solid a base. It's popularity
0: as well, right? So yeah, true. It's yeah, just true. a popularity award. It's like, ah, oh, who do I like the most? Who mm-hmm. are the most popular stuff? Um, all right. Thank well, thanks, Joe, for that ten minute tangent. As uh, <laughs> so, we're actually kind of we're actually we've we've barely moved through this, guys. We've like been very <laughs> slow today. Uh, we've like uh, covered half of NA in an hour in. So uh so London other the team the team that was promised that didn't end up that's still I mean they got Sparker in. Yeah, he's looking yeah. pretty good. Shaq, Sparker, duo could be pretty hot and a Tracer Matter, especially. Yep. Uh, I don't know what else Shax is playing. I don't know what his whole hero pool is, but I have I have a similar problem with like if Shax is being used the same way Soon has been used and you just have this Tracer specialist on your team, that's gonna be an issue. I would love it if like uh, if london we'll just start with the dps line if you want to run sparker and shacks just run them the whole time and yep. shacks can just play you know some of the other heroes that otherwise blase would come in for but i think they want to trade a bit more um Plague time Blase's also got some projectile picks that's also a doom there as well i think london's mm-hmm. a team that wants to play some doom but london otherwise aside from that uh shock game which it's hard because part of me wants to be like, man, that was a good showing from London. Part of me also wants to be like, man, wasn't a great showing from shock, which yeah. then diminishes London's two three part of it. And this is where, you know, you're kind of clutching at straws because usually that happens when a team scrapes, scrapes across the line and they win. So if London won, you'd be like, well, but shock didn't play very well, but shock still won. And you're still like, well, but shock didn't play very well. London got two. So it's like, yeah. you know, it feels like you're really clutching at straws to try and justify the two maps that London got, and then on top of that, they lose to Paris. As if it wasn't enough, that Paris were a better team now. Paris are like, we're going to beat you in the head-to-head as well. to just really rub salt in the wound.
1: Yeah, it's tough. There, I hate to set the set the sail and just you know Viking funeral it, but it's there's so much ground to make up. Um Maybe they could be the team that does like the justice of last season for the playoffs. But even making that like the play ends at this point is like next to impossible. Um they're improving little by little, but like I said, the ground is is just too 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 the delta is just too big. It's yeah. It's insurmountable at this point to try and make a, a play in race and it sucks yeah. because there is a lot of, you know, good pieces about this roster. I think they took the the shock victory as like a moral victory, building a lot of confidence, but how they far is win. Exactly. They didn't win, but I think that should do something to this team um, being able to take a team like the shock close. Yeah. However you want to spin it, at least in the players and the coaches minds, you know, that is fuel to kind of keep them going. Right. To to say, okay, maybe we're not done just yet. Um, I, I think there is something there to be said. Obviously we've spoken about confidence um, in this league ad nauseam. So it, it it should hopefully put some wind in their sails, but it's, it's so hard to see them like, succeed in the future it's tough a lot of things need to change
2: yeah and i think like looking at uh, ahead of their schedule basically like um they could maybe have a good countdown cup like you could foresee like Maybe. maybe they could like elevate their level towards like beating someone like toronto
1: Paris, yeah. then again, assuming yep. summer
0: showdown is gone. We're assuming it's 0-4 then, because you're already talking about Countdown Cup, right? So yes. I, I 0-4 assume. for now? Okay.
1: Yeah, they've got Justice and Atlanta. Oh, sh- Maybe Justice. We'll, we'll get to them. Yeah. Maybe, but that's so even...
0: So like Vancouver, who else Vancouver got? Houston, Paris, yeah, okay. So both teams are still going to be... So literally, both te- both Vancouver and London will be winless until they play each other. Is that really what... Which. It's probably accurate, but, like, that's the reality we all live yes. in now. of this bowl. yeah.
2: No, but, like, that will be kind of hype, to be fair, on the last I mean, yeah, play day, oh, The
0: breadstick ball, the, the, the breadstick ball match of the year.
1: <laughs> see, we need the loser of that game to play uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, well, I want to see, like, the ultimate toilet ball. Like, fly them out for an exhibition at the championships <laughs> the, and just start the show oh, that way. Oh, my oh. God. It, it's...
2: That's the fun part. It almost feels like a little bit like European League because like Americans won't know that what that is like. But usually like on the last couple of play days in a regular season, because we don't have playoffs, it's all about like very often championships are already decided. But where it's actually like really exciting is like towards the lower bottom. Like who's he's, who's getting relegated, yeah. like what are the matches there, like who's getting into Europa League oh, or like Champions League and whatnot. This mm. this match for the the only victory really feels like one of those like who's not getting relegated type of things because <laughs> yeah. I mean also not an unappreciated thing about uh the Lund Spitfire is that they are winless and have been winless for a year now. Yeah.
1: For an they're, entire they're the year. The new Florida Mayhem uh, what's the record? 21 oh how how and, and 21
0: 21
1: yeah they're skating boy what? they are skating literally, by nobody knows
0: literally half 50 yeah. percent. shanghai dragons yeah Literally
1: fifty yep. 50
0: don't tell don't yep. tell valiant's the worst team
1: okay valiant's so bad it's always it's always two that's, teams right that's the how, nuts part
0: how are london fans getting through right now how are they coping not what knowing kind of that they're all in 21
2: that's for sure that's the nuts part like we have a team that's currently 0-21, who will likely mm-hmm. not win a match in the Overwatch League unle- until the last day, and even there, it's a coin flip. Yeah. And there's a
0: worse team in the Overwatch <laughs> League, dude! <laughs> how, man? Uh, Shh, don't tell. Come on. Uh, they're 21 now, and there's still... How many games is left? Six. So they yeah. could be 0-27 uh, at yeah. the end of the year. Holy shit. Wow. It's possible. Yeah. Dude. I mean, we're already on the subject, but let's just include Va- Vancouver. I Dude, I had Florida on my list in the show notes, like, just talk about second, and we just ignored it the entire time. We will get to Florida. Trust me, I know we didn't talk about Florida last week. We will talk about Florida this week, and there'll be more to talk about. But the way this is going to transition... Is when to go from the London conversation now to Vancouver conversation, which is kind of just mirroring London, really. Yes. And then we're going to get into what we talked about, like sneaking a position into the play-ins for the end of the year, and the fact that Florida probably are the team that might not get in. But before we get to Florida, Vancouver, real quick. Um, I mean, they're about as doomed as London at this stage. And I'm looking over towards future matchups for Vancouver. We've already established that the summer showdown probably not going to happen for them. Nothing's likely going to change. Uh, and then looking forward, Countdown Cup, they have Boston, Washington, San Francisco, and then finally London. Now, even like a week, Washington and a week, Boston are probably even out of reach there. San Francisco, a week, San Francisco is way out of reach for Vancouver, mm. which literally means Vancouver can't finally get a win until they go against London. And one of those teams probably goes 0 16 next to the Valiant. So we're going to have two 0 16 teams, one in each region here, which is kind of wild. Uh, and, I mean, the only thing Vancouver have won so far is that Lynxer won their custom pizza contest, and that's about it. And I they haven't gotten their bridge yet, right? I still don't think nope. they've won oh, their bridge sticks.
1: No. You know, we'll see. There's a whole bingo card now. There's a bingo card meta. It feels at like least it's their being established. Social
0: media teams on fire. Like, at least they're making the best of that. I like guess one thing going good for them is their social media and how, what this entire breaksticks meme has been the biggest w for the Vancouver Titans. because they' they're sure as hell not winning the game. It, yeah, it's yeah. it's not
1: a w on the scorecards. It's just you know the, the I think it's the Pizza Hut sponsorship. I think they're getting mileage out of this, much like the uh, the cheese at you know mind crunch, you know, after that debacle with the stream and whatnot. you know it's it's
0: kind of memified itself. and now you know they're they're running the with technology. it
1: they're running with it
0: then you the social media meme as all to keep the smiles going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It's tragic. I I what do you do? It's it's one of those things that's just like you, I think I think Iska, you had talked about like the correlation between like money, like projected money spent versus like average results. Like you can pay for wins. It is a thing you can do. You 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 almost did it and but you know, we won't mention that team rest in peace. Um uh, you have success I, stories like
0: boston am i on the loop here? run away it's just oh, it's right, like, right right yeah. like you,
1: you did is pay that for what it, you want I thought you, it? I thought
0: you saying you got to pay off a team to lose on purpose oh. Like, oh, <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> no but what are you saying is, is, is you this
2: what the ownership group wants because that's what you're getting like it's i hope
1: so if that's not what they wanted then somebody's out of a job soon because this is not good
2: uh, I don't know. Like, none no, nothing that they've done. Like, it's just like so sad. Especially because it, mm-hmm. I think it feels worse because that we have so many more good teams, right? Like, yeah. like a team like Boston, for instance. Last season, with a similar effort, would have probably been like in in gladiators position or something, like like top top five something top six team. Uh, sure. Sh- and now you're saying the like, roster this year no I'm, I'm 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 saying the effort that you put in um for okay it, like you know bus stop like has signed yeah. pretty good players, has uh-huh. more budget
0: now, scrims a ton like that Huck's that's- a genius though he bought the dip he bought the dip with his like money he made selling off other players,
1: I mean, yeah, if that was the goal, then, then it's paying off, but uh. I don't know. I mean, it's that They right? didn't buy
0: at all. They didn't buy anything. No.
1: Yeah. They they wasted money.
2: I don't know. Like, do you. I don't think you can really hate the
1: season that they've had so far. No. I. You don't blame anybody, but like, expectations in the boardroom, like you said, have to be set, right? Like, you've you've kind of skimped and scraped. Like, is this what you want? Because this is what. You're getting and it's not really changing and i don't see a boston uprising kind of macro strategy 500 iq we're gonna sell players and you know do things to you know make money to you know get to a point where we can actually compete
2: i think I that's a fun fact that. that literally happened i think and for it was a good sure. bet unfortunately everyone also got a lot better because like let's Agreed. say let's say this if 12-man rosters were actually way more, way better in the context of Overwatch, then whatever Boston was doing, because like that that would have then expanded or like thinned out sure. the amount of um of talent across many teams. And then Boston would have like been there. I think we over exaggerated how little teams would put in. Yes, we have significantly less players in the league. I think it's like 20% less, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Something like that, yeah. So
1: only getting smaller,
2: and there's also oh, real God. chance. Like I'll get it's they are close to like they had a couple of close calls uh, in these games. I I honestly think like they are not that far away from like being a good team. They are currently a decent team, like average team. They're not far away from being a good team, right? Like, making it yeah. into, uh, into like, stage playoffs based on the of s- schedule uh, every once mm-hmm. in a while. Probably, uh, I mean, if we look at the track record here, right? Like, they have to play Houston and Atlanta. Uh, Which could be tough. They need one out of those, probably. Sure. Even though they have a good map score, so they, they might just slide in based on map score. So it's likely that they will actually make play-ins, Will they or like first like lower seat for uh yeah. summer showdown? Will they game farther? That's the problem where they probably like they, they are unlikely to ever go to Hawaii. But we'll
0: have to see. I, I'm not gonna rule out the possibility. I know that uh two in eight teams can go to Hawaii, it's that's like pretty tough for any team. Hundred percent. But if your name with... isn't if your name is like Gladiators uh, Dallas or maybe even Shock Rain, you you're uh-huh. probably not going to Hawaii. I'll
1: say this. If nobody else is going to continue to lean on this sim stuff, and this is going to be like the stylistic team that like nobody's really expecting, nobody's paying attention to, but they're just running this like sim rushdown stuff. I think if they refine it a little bit more and they squeak out like three one, so you you don't get the four zero curse. Maybe they go to Hawaii. I think it's a stretch. I think I'll. I think I have a better read after week 12 just to see what literally all the teams look like, but they could be that, that like a stylistic Dallas team. I, I won't rule that out.
0: I I think scoreline wise, it's like possible for a lot of teams. It's that's not the hard no, part. The sure. hard part is in the actual knockouts, the regional knockouts. That's the part that's going to stop you from getting into Hawaii. Um, It's just, too tough and you know i i said we were going to go to florida next but now we're just talking about boston so this is now the My official back. boston segment i guess we're just doing boston now um I, it's it's too hard to backtrack we can't like halfway talk about boston go to florida finish off listen boston. florida you don't
1: want to hear what i have to say anyways okay so uh, just
0: calm down so we're just going to talk about we're just going to talk about boston now and actually i had one i had a fun fact about vancouver that i wanted to throw in there before sure. we moved on but my fun fact about Vancouver is that, like, even if you look at Call of Duty League, the sister team for Vancouver Titans in the Call of Duty League is Seattle Surge, and they are also doing really fucking bad. Oof. They are like probably the worst team, if not the second to last worst team. They're at league's winning. Don't get me wrong; they've won games, and <laughs> Vancouver Titans haven't. So they, the Seattle Surge, have done something right. But there is just between Aquilini and Canucks and Luminosity, both of the teams in our activision blizzard franchises they're both just shitting the bed hard yes. so something's going wrong in that org i say going wrong but yes probably just accurate in saying they're just not spending the money and they're paying for what they're getting and they're not getting too much out of it they're just they're paying for their position which is to just be in the league and that's about it so that's all i gotta say for the rest of uh, vancouver there's not much to really add there to be honest it's You know, what more do you want from them? We'll we'll see what happens at the bread bowl at the end of the year. Uh, As far as Boston goes, like, yeah, I I meant what I said. I think Huck did a a really good job of assembling a good team here around a contender's career championship roster, Mm -hmm. got the championship roster coach, got the championship roster players, mixed them up with some of their previous players that were honestly pretty underrated and have some good potential. And... Together, like, Punk is really who I'm talking about here. Like, he's mm. he had a lot of potential for a while. just needs a good team around him, and he has that. Everyone's like, oh, but Gable Gablesha, Gablesha. Gable. I'm like, yo, but Punk actually. Yeah, Punk played out Punk. of his fucking um, mind. Yeah. Exactly. And people underrate Punk hard. Oof, heavy. I'm like the Punk of casting. Like, just underrated so <laughs> damn hard. There <laughs> we Punk is way more underrated than Elsa. Okay. okay, so I'm Vegas. changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm the punk of casting. Uh, I'm also a bit of a punk in, in the sense of uh, what that means as well. I'm not really, actually. It doesn't really hold. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, just like Boston, and kind of ties. Boston, I think, are like a... Boston are like Paris, except our expectations, where Boston should be a middle-of-the-table team. Yeah. Whereas we're way more impressed by Paris being in the same position as Boston, at least from a feel perspective, because we expect most people, everyone pretty much, expect them to be way lower. Mm. But um, Boston are about no one's excited about. Oh, yeah, maybe you could be somewhat excited about Boston's results, considering where they were last year. This is way better than where they were last yeah. year. Although they were yeah. so low last year that like anything is way better than that. So, I mean, yeah, Boston are about where they should be. Is that, basically what I'm saying. That's the like what
2: Boston did this season is what you want out of these trash teams at the bottom next year, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want a little bit more spending. Yeah, you want a little bit more structure towards like being competitive in that regard. Like no. I wouldn't even count... Let me think about this, if I would count London towards that. Because they had reason to believe that their British Hurricane stuff would probably work to some decent degree, right? Sure. And they they, they also invested extraneous... in an academy team, which is an expenditure yeah. that has to be counted towards whatever they're doing. And they have done... Like they only cashed in. Like basically, you would have to count the entire salary of the British Hurricane from last year towards that. Maybe even before that. Um, so I'm not sure if I would count them towards like the teams that don't really try, right? Mm. Like, like um, they most certainly try for sure. And they're, they're once again. So I don't get thrown into the the custard bag. I'm saying from an organizational <laughs> standpoint, not from the yes, players' business wise. Right? Yes. Um, so yeah, like I I think generally speaking, the criticism that Boston had that they always like are cheaping out on players and whatnot, and aren't really c- constructing teams to be super competitive, they beat that in uh, that image in season one. Then the market got more efficient; that thing couldn't lo- no longer work. They had it proven to them in two s- consecutive seasons. Okay, we got to readjust. Like th- th- this is now the reality, and they invested into good talent, into good coaching, and. Yeah, once again, like in every other season, like if they had the same approach in season 2 or season 3, they would have made it way further than they are doing it right now just because 100%. like mm-hmm. everyone's competing big
1: um for the for the yeah. big uh age. I think that scales to be honest. I think if you if you prove yourself to be a winning team almost like a San Francisco Shock, maybe a Gladiators, I think you become maybe a players or coaches like first choice instead of like fifth or sixth. I'm not saying Boston is fifth or sixth, but I think they've kind of uh inadvertently maybe save themselves like a a deep rooted narrative when it comes to new acquisition of talent that you know maybe you're a little skittish going to a team do I want to go to a Boston uprising who for the third straight season has been you know bottom of the table or with this new boston you know mid pack has some potential couple upgrades maybe it's me maybe I'm the coach or the player that needs to go there to you know maybe I'm what they're looking for to
0: kind of see them you know yeah, regain know. what they had yeah most players most players would just like a contract 100 percent. if you're out of the circle like we'll this goes back to this conversation we had earlier about like you could be the best player hypothetically you could be the best player and you don't get it unless the team signs you there's enough players that you, these players are, are not the best players but there's enough players mm-hmm. that are like not even at that level that would love to get in and it, even going back to what i said earlier about like boss just buying the dip really that's only like applies to three players it's, You got valentine Gable, she and faith And she only came in later they kept most of their previous roster. Took Stan one from Shanghai. Brought back I'm thirty-seven, who's part of the whole WGS crew. The 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 player they banked on, the player that they still to me today is the, the genius of Huck, is he just landed Myongbong and just mm. sniped yes. that play out of nowhere? Like, yeah. holy crap! That's like he just did an arms like wood oak, at a widow grapple out of spawn and headshot Myeongbong out of nowhere straight yeah, yeah, onto yeah, his yeah. roster, to the, his underneath wallets, the nose yeah. of every other team. Like, holy crap! Yeah. That, what a play. What a headshot. Yeah,
2: <laughs> genuinely. Insane pick. I think it's also like worth acknowledging that they didn't do it ruthlessly. In the sense that like, if you were a ruthless businessman and wanted mm. to make this team b- better, there's no contract for Fusion color Hex.
1: Sure.
2: Right? Yeah, I agree. But they sort of like... Not only did they realize it would do something to their brand, probably, but, like, they also counted on the loyalty of those players. Mm -hmm. They're not playing huge roles in that team anymore, right? And arguably, you could also find better suited talent and go full Korean in those positions and have more success, but they did it not. And that, depending on where you come from, that needs to be acknowledged. You just can't, you know, like... Dallas Houston yourself. Uh, in the in the sense that you get too attached to these players. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. stay too long. Right. And they overstell their welcome, even though I think neither of those players are that, you know, like they're not taking the piss. They're not behind the scenes, like not pulling their own weight from the bench. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that in
1: that sense it's not the same. It must provide value. Right. Somehow. I don't know exactly where or how. Obviously Claire Hex played, but yeah, they, they have to be doing something for this team and You know, shout you know credit to them. Um, I guess my last comment for Boston um, in in kind of wrapping back to what you had mentioned a couple episodes ago. um, I am thirty seven. Boy, howdy, this kid. I I was I was definitely holding out hope. Um, And and you're right, this kid is playing phenomenal. I think his spacing last week was was insane. Um, Mechanically, he was there, and if he can continue to do that.
0: Boston's scary. That's not a he team you can just write game. off. He's one of the he's one of the players that came through from contenders. Was that good in contenders? Or remained that good. So he. I'm up. just so jaded from
1: from his Overwatch League stint, and I know that's probably a lot of like the team stuff, but I was just yeah, so. Just play that on
0: Toronto. It's fine. Yeah, also, I, 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 I mean, at this oh, point, right. you kind that, of have
1: to. <laughs> that and
2: he also like. Let's not forget, he got into Toronto like being on a tier three team, super league. like a week yeah.
1: beforehand, right? So maybe he didn't have time to develop but but coming back from that so like that's that's kind yeah. of what this the surprising thing is is like jumping from tier three to like i think they they called him like the unofficial commissioner of the league right yeah. and like being on that stage and just underperforming that hard then going back to contenders and then like making the loot back and yeah. being genuinely good yeah that's not normal no, that no, is no. that is a special case So that's it's legitimately a fearless level story
2: and fearless yes. was a way better player for Shanghai Dragons mm-hmm. in season one than I'm thirty-seven was for Toronto. Uh, yep. in Agreed. season two. He right? does
1: not get enough credit for that story.
2: So that's a turnaround, like if if Boston was more successful, that would be one of the guiding uh, narratives in mm-hmm. the Watch League for sure
1: Right? Who knows? Summer summer's uh, when when things get cursed.
0: So we should spend, like, uh, a long time in
1: Boston. <laughs>
0: uh, we do need to get to Florida. That's, that's fine. We do, do you need know half this law?
2: Everything always takes three how times as long, long as it think. Get, give me a time.
0: <laughs> how long this tangent is <laughs> going to be? Yeah, right. Just saying. <laughs> Go on, then. Uh, uh, all we could talk about Toronto, because if we were to... Brought up, this is the problem. I want to talk about Florida, but we keep bringing up other teams. And we're just never, we're just baiting, we're just baiting Florida the entire time. Well, let's, so I mean, let's, let's put the in. And then Florida at the end of the show, will be like, I'm sorry, we just ran out of time. Yeah. We're not going to get to talk about Florida today. So, Toronto, <laughs> um, Aspires uh-huh. had, had his contract extended through, mm-hmm. which is probably, that's no one surprised by that. He's really playing been very well. playing super well for the team. He's actually jumping on Tracer. I don't know what his hairball is, but he's on so, Tracer now. So, they're just putting him on. Next to Hizu's sombra, I, and if anyone's gonna play, if any team was gonna go sombra when sombra's available, yeah. Yeah. I suppose it would be Toronto The yeah. bag Hizu. Hundred um, percent. And now Toronto have got wins over Florida, I swear Florida <clears throat> will be next because we're gonna transition from the Toronto win versus Florida to actually talking about Florida in depth. But one of the wins, super impressive. That was one of the three two wins as well. After mm. Florida went up to one. And then Toronto took down 3-0 Vancouver. Like, that's not really worth talking about. Yeah, they've 3-0 Vancouver, so does it everybody. It's fine. But Toronto, um, I mean, is, is this He-Su-Aspire lineup going be, gonna to be good enough to get them forward, to get them further?
1: It's tough when you look at their schedule. You've got Glad, who we've just kind of sung the praises of not too long ago. Um, and then Dallas, who, when you look at what's being played, doesn't strike me as a team that's gonna be underperforming by any stretch. Um, still has, you know, their wheelhouse to play into. I I would be very shocked to see Dallas Flounder. Um, so while Toronto did, you know, play close, uh a a bizarre Florida, a team that kind of feels like they're doing a lot and, and none of it is good i guess i think they had a specific um junker town uh, wrecking ball composition that seemed to kind of find a lot of value but Oge is not getting a ton of space created he's he's dying early
0: Harder towards toronto in this conversation than florida at least for now it's sure, uh, sure.
1: It's yeah we do need to be talking about toronto
0: that's true but we need to make sure we get to toronto otherwise we, otherwise yes. we're just gonna we're gonna get out of order again but basically, you know, what you're saying is, in terms of schedule-wise, yeah, Toronto probably go two and two here after losing to Gladiators, and I would Dallas, say so, yes. And then they become a two-two team that relies on tiebreakers, probably makes into knockouts in sixth seed or something like that. Um, of, they might actually be in in a weird place with Boston as well because Boston is probably another two-two team. Mm. Um, based on schedule, so there's definitely some stuff going on there where two-two teams are going to have to rely on. this. So map score is going to be important in the fact that. Boston have had clean wins. So that Boston 3-0 versus Florida is really important, I think, as far as tiebreakers goes because Toronto beat Florida 3-2. So this is how everything's going to tie back to Florida second as well. So just that score difference, I think, pushes Boston ahead if we're going to go towards the 2-2 tiebreaker narrative here for yep. getting that succeed or fifth or succeed into the knockouts. And it's tough.
1: Like, when you look at the team that Toronto has, right, you have Aspire coming in playing very well. Um, you can't take that away from him but is that the team you're going to place your bet on? You know, the team that has the emergency substitute has to integrate him in thus far has looked good, but are you going to bet on that team over a team like a Boston over a team? Maybe like if a mayhem, you know, turns it around, maybe if a, you know, justice kind of gets rolling in week two, right? Like what's, <laughs> what's the yeah, for yeah, what for it? summer for summer. Is that the team you're willing to kind of place your money on and say, ah, yes, the team with the emergency sub to be fair, playing well. Um, is that going to be consistent enough throughout these next you know three weeks?
0: If they take maps off Gladiators and Dallas, they might rescue their scoreline and map differential to Maybe. Boston. Sure. And we do that stuff. And if Boston beat either one of those teams, they're in. Yeah. they're they're out of reach. Yeah. So Agreed. um
1: it's still it's I like I think we said this last show. It's just Toronto's just like kind of milk toasty. It's kind of boring. Like, yeah, they have good players. Hisu's definitely performing probably one of the better Sombra's in NA, for sure. Right.
0: Can it's I be just... honest? I don't think Sombra's that... I don't think Sombra's, Sombra's going to be the defining hero of this this no, meta. I don't think for so either. But they're going to try and force it. Sombra feels like the... Oh, while well, she's unbanned. Oh, we have a good Sombra player. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's yeah. give Sombra a go. Like, that's what so? it feels like right now. And yeah, other teams have played Sombra too, so I'm not saying this is a Toronto-only thing, but, like, to me... I don't think Sombra survives until Hawaii. To me, Sombra gets cut from cut out from the meta or like becomes a very minor part of the meta by the time we get to Hawaii. So all the teams going hard on Sombra now, I really hope this doesn't come to like, bite me in the ass later, like a month down the line, we're in Hawaii and everyone's playing Sombra. I'm like, fuck. But right now, to me, my gut feeling is that Sombra is not going to make the agree. cut in Hawaii.
1: I think if anything, I think we could all agree that it's if if it does, it's probably map dependent where it's like a Gibraltar where it's you know something that you have to force you you have to force like a winston based composition that you want like a dive buddy to go into, and if the meta does kind of settle out into something that is a little bit more rush, a little bit more Rhine centric, it could be okay, but it's not something that you're going to see you know win a title but could be wrong, but it just doesn't seem
2: yeah likely. that that's sort of the problem when when your flavor and your style is not universally applicable to when you are serious right like if yeah. you're let's say like you're you have five maps that you play in the best of five and you're some mm-hmm. like your signature comp only works on three maps then you already like ha- have to win 100 percent of these and it's just like not that likely that your flavor is this strong right yeah. so like i I take different flavors over that any day of the week. Even though I will say it's kind of strange because, like, even the Dallas flavor shouldn't work as much as it should as it did. But I mean, yeah. yeah,
1: but there, but there again, maybe as and we've talked about this on the show shouldn't before. To the rule, yeah, exception to the rule. I I think that that definitely is is a strong point. But I think there is like a social aspect where if Toronto goes and and starts slamming kids in scrims with. With this comp, maybe week two changes in what we see. Maybe Ryan's dropped in, in favor when it comes to the practice regime that some of these teams have been going through. I I don't see that happening, but I you know, we had play-ins what last month with Spark dropping a, a random Arissa swap meta. Like it's it's anything's possible at this point. I, I won't rule anything out, but yeah, I, I would agree with Avril that Somber doesn't seem like it's it.
0: At least uh, not yet. The, where I'm getting at towards that comment is I don't want to just put Toronto in the Sombra basket and be like, yeah, this is a Sombra team, but that's just pretty much what I've seen so far. Sure. Maybe yeah. they maybe they develop further and they go in a different direction, but for now, they look like a Sombra team. Yeah. I don't see that working long-term, even though short-term, they don't need to think too hard about that. Uh, they do get a week break before they come back versus Glad's and Dallas, but those two games look so tough. You would need a Dallas that is struggling to find out what they need to do in this meta, which I would... I doubt sincerely because mm, Dallas. Yeah. By that time, that it's Dallas's last match. All you need to go up against a Gladiators that is just hard boomed, um, and that's Gladiators' first game back as well after their week break. So yeah. maybe the Glads' game wasn't within reach, but they would need to have a yeah, real stars align kind of situation there. Um, mm. I don't have too much to add on Toronto's side except to say that this is a team. The expectation with this team is to actually go two and two and try and snipe a spot in the in the top six somewhere. Either as number six or number five, or probably as number six, and then unlikely to go to Hawaii, which is probably the story of Toronto for the entire season. But um, I, I think this is another solid mid table team that is next to the likes of Mal Paris and, you know, teams like Just- Boston as well. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's where they are. Okay. Um, so finally, we'll get to Florida now because Florida <laughs> have a very interesting situation going on. They have had a five match loss streak. For a team that's been to Hawaii, they are losing really hard right now. Some of the games are close. Like, yeah, they had that 2-3 and three loss versus Toronto, but then they got 0 3 by Boston. I think that's the one that is more shocking. And, okay, Kings Royal was a draw, so let's remember there was a draw in there as well. Can't discount that. But Florida is a team that, for a team that was in the top four of all of Overwatch League, top two NA, they are struggling hard right now. In a meta, that should be good for them because you could put Yaki back on a tracer. That should be really strong for you. But it, it, Florida's not clicking. And if you actually look at Florida's um, league points and win-loss, they are third to bottom here. They have only got mm. five points, which is the same as what Boston, Paris, Atlanta and stuff have. But, I mean, Atlanta still have games to play, so they can easily jump further forward, and they probably will. Florida currently a 10th in NA, and you need to be top nine. You need to be So the way playoffs work for the entire year, one, two, three, top three in NA go straight to the playoffs. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So between four and nine, go to play-ins. 10, 11, 12 are eliminated. They don't get to play playoffs at all. So one of these teams that are not London and not Vancouver are going to be that 10th team. And I think preseason, everyone's like, yeah, it's probably Paris. But now it's like, no, it's probably not Paris. So mm-hmm. who's it going to be? and strangely florida one of, our, one of our hawaii teams is in the crosshairs of being the 10th best team in north america and not even making play-ins gentlemen
1: yeah that would be tragic uh, to say the least uh, a team that has performed um extremely well in in some circumstances but when you actually look like you said it's they're getting they're in close to being a bubble team um when it comes to their weak In general, this is where I do kind of give credit to Boston or maybe just the the schedule in general Um, in defense of Florida. When you have a team like Toronto who for as much as we paint them as a somber team, I think it's a fair assumption to paint them as a dive team, right? They're they're very much just... uh, I think that if you you look at it that way where you, you have to prepare for a strict dive team, which definitely feels comfortable for you, much closer game that's really cool but then you have to prepare against boston who with hindsight now we can look at and say play is a very bizarre style plays a style that you really don't have too many other teams as of right now to kind of look at and and try to reverse engineer not too many teams are running just like straight brawl sim tp rushdown stuff um on maps that you don't traditionally see it, it, it that's a tough game i think that that style just mismatched with them um however coordination wise not necessarily all there right now i think they're they're a little too aggressive at moments um and that's really affecting og um i think he's getting the short end of the stick in a lot of these Uh, i could imagine the the reddit threads that are popping up with how often he's dying first but these are one of those moments where if your team is not necessarily behind you or on the same page rolling in with wrecking ball or are having the prep strat that that's what you're supposed to do. You can't necessarily blame him for it. And it happens enough. And there's so many other pieces that kind of point towards this overall coordination being an issue that you can't really, I I wouldn't put too much blame on him. Um, I don't think this is some sort of underperformance from him. I think it's just this schedule being a little wonky.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, okay, you were the... You, oh, yeah, go on. Um,
2: how much do you th- guys think it's down to, like, we talked about DPS distribution, right? And, sure. like, how the DPS fall. Now, for Florida, it also feels like Yaki, like, if you could clone Yaki, that would be swell, because cause then you would have your hard carry positions both on Tracer and Echo and whatnot. It just mm. feels really challenging for this team to find like a meta right now that could fully work for them, right? And Play melee
0: meta. Yeah.
1: Yes. That's that's, that's the thing, is it's it's doable. I just don't know if they've haven't gotten the practice in to do it
0: or what. But I Dude, they, 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 they're uh, forcing BQB on sombra. Why are they I trying know. to be a Sombra team? I don't know. I and like Checkmate, to be fair. McCree, put him on an ash, pair him with Yaki's Tracer, play a main melee composition, and yeah. boom, there's a Florida Mayhem. Yep. They I literally mean... popped off and flipped melee with that kind of cop. I'm like, what's going on? Like, the blueprint is there, but they're not following it.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to assume they tried that and didn't have much success on it in scrims or whatnot. Um, I think that's wild. About-
0: uh, how could they be, if, dude, if, <laughs> if they can't win on that, this team is fucked. <laughs> Like, yeah. if you can't, if the horse that got you to Hawaii is, like, unrideable now, I don't know, man. Like, GG. What was You're actually done. the horse like,
2: that got you to Hawaii, though? Like, what what was the opposition? Do you guys remember? Eric, can you maybe bring that up? Because, like, in my mind, it's, like, it's not even that, uh, maybe in hindsight, we now have to sort of reevaluate their run anyway. And once they were in Hawaii, I mean, they also
1: didn't get a bonus victory. Like, like, it's... Um, no, but they they were playing some steep competition. They played Shanghai first in the tournament, and then they played Shanghai again, right? Like that's that's no easy feat. So uh, they did beat up on the Justice, who looked like they were a chewin to make it. um, showcase that they could play the rush. and like that's the them.
0: one team. that's the one yeah. match was like, oh wow, beating justice is yeah. like a good here because justice was four zero mm-hmm.
2: but right. But like, if you look, yeah, if you look at like Atlanta wasn't kicking in yet. They, they were really sure. slow. Paris wasn't sure. kicking in yet. Paris wasn't Agreed, kicking yeah, in. Paris they had Titans. a freebie versus Vancouver. So this <laughs> is a e- pretty easy qualification. Like, they expectedly lost 0-3 against Shock, right? Like, nobody thought much of it. And then, I mean, the fine beating those in the knockout stages. Hmm? Right? And then even the Justice situation. Like, now in hindsight, like, this, this schedule doesn't look that sick, you know? To be fair, though, that Justice victory was of a different caliber of justice than they are now, right? Like yeah. But yeah, like maybe you need to reevaluate their situation and how successful they were at the start of the season, even though it's a little mm. bit revisionist and maybe that's also not the way you th- should be thinking about this. But I don't know. Like I'm not a I'm not sure like where this goes because like the rest of their schedule is actually pretty challenging. There's no framing oh, yeah. in yeah. there. Like no, they, they, might they gotta work for
0: it.
2: If we if we look at this, like Dallas fuel. <laughs> they gotta okay. work for
0: it. That's not an understatement. Mm-hmm. You, you
2: you can get get justice, right? Atlanta hard, uprising hard, outlaws hard. Even though I think like outlaws might have like, you know, like the, those three. There's a possibility that like if you get in there, that's probably based on those victories against those teams, yeah. right? And then you got the Guardiators at the at the end maybe you can uh, you can't even make it really to yeah. to any tournament anymore uh, in terms of like summer showdown you're not getting bonus win there you almost have to really pop off hard in content cup like you better be paying that algorithm that's banning the for well, for the last you year know the pool, problem
0: right? is right um, the, the problem is that they l- losing a boss in tronic losing to one of them is yeah, maybe acceptable losing to both has completely screwed them that's because okay. if you look at their history, it's like okay, I get it. Their five-match loss streak. By the way, it goes Houston, understandable. Dallas, understandable. Washington came back with vengeance, pretty understandable as well. They beat London in that in June just qualifies. Like okay, you you beat up on the winless team. That's mm. like another freebie almost. Um, then Toronto, Boston beating you here, really first of all means you're you're out of summer showdown. You're just gone because yep. as we examine the schedule, they you have to beat. Dallas, Washington, you probably beat maybe Washington on a good day, but I just don't see Dallas losing. Dallas losing here would be wild to me. And Even then, they'd be at a two and two. They'd be looking at tiebreakers. And then the same tiebreaker bracket is Boston um, and Toronto, who both have a head-to-head win against them. So there's just zero chance. There's no way. Because even if you're a two and two, you lose all the tiebreakers regardless. So then you go over towards Countdown Cup, which you've already kind of looked at as well. And it's just like, it's all hard games. Yeah, All tough games which is why I go back and we round back to my original point that I made right at the top of opening up the conversation about Florida is that they're very likely to be the 10th place team in North America, which means they miss out on play-ins. They don't even get to try and get to playoffs. They're just done. They're finished.
2: Yeah. I think, um, like... Based on like w- what they used to be, I think there's there's some residual chance that you have to give them based on hero pool bans. Like there's po- very there's there's a possibility. Um, and them making fifth it would be probably about a. F- uh, sorry, not fifth, ninth. I would see that around a coin flip, but like it's it's hard. You kind of need stuff to go to. But even then, way. I have a
0: solution. I have a solution. Well, they so- must 3-1. They must 3-1 in Countdown Cup. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta, Boston must beat those teams. No questions asked. Yeah. Florida must win those teams. Uh, Houston, glad it is. They can only afford to lose to one of them. The reason why I say 3-1 is like they need another, they need something like that kind of scoreline to keep them alive. But also if they get another shot at Hawaii, obviously any team that gets a shot at Hawaii is going to have a great chance at points. But if they go 0-4, it's gross to think they would go 0-4 here. Um, but let's say they go three and one here. So what's their current score line? Um Florida uh, what again? It's they it's currently uh,
1: minus four, they're two and six.
0: Kind of, four and six. Let's say they go one and one here, so they're five and seven, then they go three and one, so they're eight and eight. Yeah, eight and eight probably yeah, eight and eight gets into play-ins. I think seven-nine 7-9 getting your plans it, i'm just trying to think like what makes you ninth and what makes you 10th here mm. but if you but if you if you shit the bet and you just start you continue losing to teams that you otherwise should have beaten like boston and i hate to beat up on boston here but it's like that's that's got to be a wonderful game for the florida and the yeah. O3 oh, oh, so i mean seven nine is eric saying seven nine is probably enough borderline six ten is a no-go Six ten would basically mean they won two more games from here on out and lose everything else. Yeah, that feels like a bit of a no go to me as well.
1: Yeah, yep, and that's not the team that you know. Even just in, at least in my mind, I won't speak for you guys, but that like when I think of the mayhem, I don't think of them where they kind of are in the standings. It's it's actually kind of surprising that they, they have be the, yeah, all the all they tenth. It it. it doesn't feel like it It, it's bizarre to see them at four and six and and being that low it's it's shocking and to to think as we kind of you know tease atlanta a little bit obviously they're they're four and four they still have two games to play to kind of catch up um i don't see them being
0: all that weak in this meta
2: yeah like if if,
0: if, atlanta get a freebie versus london probably so i mean that's that's one in the bank Exactly.
2: It can only be Rain and Uprising that they realistically... Oh, sorry, not uh, Uprising and Eternal that they realistically Mm. displace, right? And then Eternal has two freebies, what feels like two freebies, like with Titans and uh, London left. So they had seven already, right? Um, (laughs) And then, like, the way they're currently playing, I could even see them getting one more somewhere, right? Depends on the matters that we face. Now for the uprising, mm. they also have a Titans match left, right? So it's like, and then they might just like upset someone else. Like they might even win against Paris, I suppose. Like that's also like the direct competitors will give away victory to themselves in some way. So they yep. you're working there, yeah. Like based on the um, like the Monte Carlo simulation, I assume that Eric did is like. 43% chance, which feels really high. That's based on the the elo that uh, I think uh, IBM ELO, which still takes the count on cup and uh, sorry, uh the May Melee into account and whatnot, these these performances. So realistically, I think we're with looking at like a 30 20 to 30% chance, but that like within that chance contained is a lucky meta for them, a lucky break in count on cup. Totally. And them Like also like some other teams just getting sidelined by that in in some meaningful way, right? So Mm -hmm. it's rough. Like it's weird. Like I remember like sitting here with with my preseason prowl rankings, saying like I have the worst ones because I had like both Dallas and Mayhem really low, and those teams went to you know like we're hitting half of those now. It's (laughs) and I feel like their most important matches are already behind them can't lose yeah. to Toronto and Boston. It's just, like, unforgivable. Yeah, you just can't. You simply can't lose to these
0: teams. As much uh, as it's it,
1: kind of explainable, yeah, you, you can.
0: And it's not just, like, you know, it's not to speak ill of those teams, and it's not just a, uh, it, it's Part of it is, is that it eliminates you from contention at a summer showdown altogether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even just, like... I mean, I'm sure Boston yeah Boston have beaten other teams, and Toronto have beaten other teams. It's not just, like, one or two. It's the fact that lose... But to both back to back means they have zero chance now of actually making the tournament. Even yeah. if they win the next two games, they don't win the tiebreakers, guys. Fans understand that it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's done. It's fucked. Uh, so it's just it's just unlikely. So you need yeah. Florida to really pop off in Countdown no Cup. If you're backing Florida, this team needs to go hard in Countdown no Cup and win games. They should be winning and probably win games. They are not favored to win. Like yeah. they need, like if they if they win Houston Gladiators, those are huge games to win. Um, we need to continue though, and yep, yep. there's still Atlanta Washington. I think we can just lump that together real quick. Um, I was thinking about what do we have time to talk about them or not? Maybe really quickly. Yeah, but just more speculative. Yeah, it's kind of speculating on their they play against each other as well, which is their opening game. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. But um, we haven't seen them yet this stage. Atlanta just come back from Hawaii as well physically, um, and I can see this being a sort of meta where you know if there's any time for decay to go off, this is probably the one I see Washington doing probably quite well on this meta. Washington have Atlanta, then who do they have after that? Florida. Uh, Florida. Florida look like pretty beatable team right now. They have yeah. London, which is freebie, and then Gladiators, which is maybe going to be really really tough. So. This is maybe a 3-1 at best. Maybe a 2-2 two, two would be pretty accurate with Washington, but I think Washington have a 3-1 ahead of them because uh, hmm. I see them beating one of Atlanta gladiators, probably not both, Yeah, and I see them probably beating Florida, and I see them beating, you know, uh, London pretty heavily. So that's that. We're not going to spe- say too much here, so just maybe a couple comments each on each of the teams.
1: Yeah, they both feel like kind of color leaders, if that makes sense, where... If Dive becomes the staple, then I feel like that's a huge boon to Washington. Obviously, having Mag and having Decay to kind of be your your kind of pocket duo, that's fantastic. Um, But if things are a little bit more slower, things are a little bit more Ryan kind of dabbling with Arisa at times, I see Atlanta doing extremely well. So whatever we kind of settle in on, one of these two teams is probably making it to at least play-ins for Summer.
0: Yeah. That first match actually might mean a lot. I think that Washington-Atlanta game might actually decide it. Yep. Because looking at the Atlanta schedule now, they also got Dallas, which is that's going to be rough stuff. They both get London, so Atlanta probably get they get a freebie there. Atlanta get a Boston. Now, usually you'd say that's probably free, but Boston look kind of scary. Boston Mm -hmm. look within within uh, upset potential range. But assuming Atlanta, we'll just assume for the sake of assuming that Atlanta beat Boston. Okay, that's a two and two record. um, If they lose to Washington, otherwise a three and one. I think that Washington versus Atlanta game will directly impact who actually has a shot in knockouts and who doesn't. Because okay. if you lose that, you could be a 2-2 two and two team. If you win that, you, you're now a 3-1 team. So that see, first match for Washington Atlanta is actually the most important one. See, the problem is with this, Emeril, with this
2: uh, theory, is that it suggests like, that Atlanta doesn't win against Dallas. Now that, if you, oh. you know, what, you know what that means? Which other strategical loss would the Fuel employ in order to not go 4-0? You know, so like, oh, we're getting that. See, like I mean, I they're my beating, lane, they're so. beating mayhem. They're probably beating Toronto, Florida, and uh, then Dallas. Are Dallas they losing Florida to Houston or they, so like rain?
0: Ah. Uh, Dallas can't, Dallas can't afford to lose to Houston because you got that Texas hard battle. There you go. So you know, you don't want to yeah. do
2: that. Yeah. So um, you're on my wavelength. So uh, you know, strategically speaking, they have to throw one against Atlanta, right? And it's the first no, you week of well. one. Against Florida. I think oh. you throw in against
0: Florida. You do. In order to help I'm them into, uh, uh. into
2: season plans?
0: <laughs> oh, maybe. But Florida, Florida no threat. Florida in summer showdown, no threat. So you throw in a Florida, it doesn't make a difference to them. Oh, yeah. And you go 3 1. See, I've got, dude, I'm the master over this. You can't, I already figured this out. If this happens, I'm, I'm the going, master to so going to mad, be so mad, dude. Like,. What, that Florida can beat? No, no, you won't be mad. The Florida fans will be mad because they'll be like, we can beat Dallas, but we still can't make the tournament. Thanks. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And let's not, like, we we think of these teams as, like, these rigid, like, they're just going to continue performing like they did in uh, June, Joust. Not sure, like, it's totally possible that Rain regresses as well, right? Or that Justice still uh, can't find the decay button. Or. Like, yeah, that's the big know. question. Like, if if the Outlaws, like, can continue doing whatever they're doing, even though I find, like, I guess, like we've, got, like we've said, like, their season oh, score shit, is a little well. bit higher, uh, like, than you would assume based on their performance. But I, I also think that that sort of idea of, that you have in your mind of the Outlaws is shaped by them having to fight really hard teams in the qualifying matches. Agreed. So Agreed. um in that regard yeah, like outlaws a, have a. still don't know where they are. I don't know their real level yet.
1: Yeah. I so thought we can, I was convinced they were going to Hawaii in May. And,
0: yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah, but then Dallas happened so um yeah. I think we can condense this down and in, in uh, you know, in the essence of time here because I'm I'm real way right. over time. Uh that essentially between Houston, Atlanta, and Washington. I apologize, forgot about Houston. Um, There's a lot of speculation that can be done here, but we haven't seen them. And these are three teams that I think we can all agree are super hard to place right now. Because they all feel like either middle-of-the-pack teams, or, no, in fact, that's a lie. They're they're all three, uh, well, they actually are middle-of-the-pack teams, but they all feel like they could be much higher. They all could be, Mm -hmm. like, right at the top, because you have Washington, who on paper have a huge you know, potentially huge vertical climb here. Atlanta have already been to Hawaii, and Houston, who in May melee popped off as well. So, I mean, alongside Washington, who popped off. So all three teams have the capability of reaching high. Like, I think on paper, you would expect all three of these teams to still be better than the Parises, the Defiance, and the okay. Uprising. We almost had these, like, bands of teams, these, like, specific tiers of teams. And Atlanta, you know, Houston... uh <laughs> Outlaws and whatever, you know, Washington, these are the teams that just feel like they should be higher. But we'll see. We'll see if that ends up being realized. Or not. Some of these teams will miss out. It's still, why I think, well, Washington-Atlanta matchup is mega important for that. But we yeah. desperately need to go to APAC. Right. Or, uh, or this is just going to be Volumar and I to close out the show while Yusuke goes away. Which, you know, maybe we could actually do that if we're, like, way desperate to finish the show and we just have no more time. We're like, yeah, make it a three-and-a-half-hour show. Why not? So... <laughs> If you could wait, take over are...
2: the recording and the rendering, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you just keep
0: recording. No, just keep recording. For yeah, just a recording go, minute. go just... to your
1: meeting. Yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have
0: like a five hour recording that you clean up later on. Don't worry about it. Sure. You know, it's fine. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll just come back and watch to find out what happened. So we'll start with Soul, <laughs> and I don't know what warlocks do. By the way, I barely play World War of Warcraft. <laughs> right. I based on wait, Harry that's where you like, think warlocks come version. from. Male version of a witch. <laughs> no, I'm just like based on like media that I'm yeah. aware of. Like, okay, well, oh you are. Oh, I was going to say, tell me the history of warlocks, but we don't have time for that. Yes, maybe, oh, maybe indeed. Um, yeah. we're not going to get into that topic, but Seoul right now, bearing in mind, we haven't seen Shanghai at all. We have not seen Shanghai at all. This stage, but Seoul based off their first two games, looking pretty damn deadly. They dropped only one map oh, yeah. to Chengdu. They've benched Gesture, brought Marvel in full-time on main tank, it looks like. profits is looking like the most incredible duo, and can I say this? This is my ultimate Warlock Conjuration, if that's something that Warlocks even do again. I don't know what Warlocks actually do, but my ultimate thing I'm going to say here that may be a very hot take in some people's eyes and may not be in other people's eyes is that with Striker gone, I think Profit is the best tracer in the Overwatch League currently. Not an APAC, in the Overwatch League, the whole thing. There you go. And very quickly... If very quickly, all the all the very salty fans are going to be like, "But what about Yaki? But what about Decay? What about this guy? What about that guy?" I was like, "Yeah, like, they exist, but I still think profit's the best right now."
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. It's tough to beat him. He does uh, does just kind of take
1: over games, doesn't he? Still does. Soul's credit still does after all these years. He still manages to do it. That's why we call him the goat for a reason. Um. Yeah, Seoul's kind of quick to the meta. I I wasn't quite thrilled with what Chengdu was running, um, or Spark for that matter. They're they're kind of running something similar to what Florida was was kind of doing. And Seoul's got the Rhine. They've got uh, some some Winston comps to kind of fall back on with, like you said, Profit Fitz just absolutely killing it. Yeah, Seoul looking like the best team in APAC as of right now. We'll get to uh, Shanghai and Philly uh, next week.
0: We'll see. an asterisk on it because we haven't seen Shanghai. Yes, Hopefully. yes. Very much so. But, uh... Hey, me. Soul might just decide to lose. Profit to... Actually, this is this is a like. Profit has always been considered. Soul to me will forever be like this extremely high-level Charizard, and you don't have enough gym badges to take mm-hmm, it. No. And so Soul just decides when it wants to win and when it doesn't want to win. Yeah. And so it feels just like, like it. Oh, uh, <laughs> Soul! Use flame. I don't actually know the
1: uh, use. Use f- flame. Fire blast. Fire, fire blast. blast. And then he uses fly instead. Bro, like you guys no, think warlocks do are from he World of Warcraft, you. implying you are
2: huge <laughs> nerds, and then you don't know Pokemon quotes, man. It's just like. <laughs> I'll warlocks.
0: Like nerds. No, ability. Ability. I'm Aldi doing my warlocks. Fire oh Fire spins a move.
1: You flamethrower. it is just-
0: but I played Pokemon Red one as a kid. That was a long ass time ago. Could do Wing
1: Attack. Could
0: do everything I think Fire Spin is the mood. I think Fire Spin is like that was like quintessential move of Red. Um. Oh. And then I became an adult and I stopped playing Pokemon Red. And not that, Ash. Comment triggered a lot of people. Because <laughs> probably now more adults play Pokemon than kids. And Back kids. then I think it was truly a kid only thing. Mm. Did you play Pokemon I Go? It. I mean, I barely playing. Some people Go. Don't really into Walked and like drove every- very dangerous driving by the way please, um but yeah it's just I didn't I found that hard to get into in a serious manner so I mean, yeah
2: we'd, we'd, like Joe just turned into a missing number so if you guys get that I'm reference
1: 151 from- Cinnabar
0: Island baby yep, yep. so anyway soul they are they are this tiger that cannot be tamed. And they win when they feel like it, and they lose. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised. Soul have Guangzhou coming. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Guangzhou. Yeah, don't surprise me at all. No. That's a soul move. No, no, that's you a classic. No, 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 stop. Joe, you're doing no. this. Is I don't. A I won't hear soul. this
2: nonsense. So, this is Joe. a classic soul move.
1: Look how are, bad charge was. Yeah, it you doesn't matter. You are a
0: Pokemon trainer. You say, soul use your win Overwatch League match attack, and soul goes. <laughs>
1: No, they, they just charge. choose another way. They they don't fall asleep. They use they use a different move and they still beat the charge. Charge looks so piss poor. They win a game. And it
0: would be the most. Classic
1: they beat New York.
0: The yeah. most classic soul thing to lose to charge. Uh, it would. It would. One hundred percent would. they beat Shanghai, they beat Shanghai and then straight away <laughs> the <laughs> That's their one. Would be the most quintessential soul thing to do. <laughs>
1: It would. I just do not see that happening with the forms that these teams have shown. Agreed that Soul is incredibly inconsistent, and that would be the thing that they would do. But that is so just. It, it, I just don't don't oh, mention it again, because you're just going to conjure it. You're just going to no, like summon no, it happening.
0: Oh, Warlocks Warlocks conjure uh, is that what they do? You're,
1: right you're the master of
0: Warlocks. Uh, you know, Warlocks uh, she just looks like a better Get dominated by Fusion. Oh three, knock. They don't get. They got zero points. It's one of those zero point affairs, and then they beat Seoul.
2: Yeah. No, that's happening. It's already decided. Uh-uh. What are you no. saying? Like, no, no. This is how it works.
0: O3 versus Philadelphia, uh-uh. and then somehow they beat Seoul because Seoul just they don't come out of the Pokeball that day. They simply uh-uh. stay no, in sure. the like, I can't. It's
2: going to be oh, a decisive three-one by Seoul against Shanghai, <laughs> and then they just like. Barely get two points against Chargers. Bro,
1: they were playing like the Dallas, like, Lucio Maria style and refused to engage. That's the team that beat Seoul? I mean, that's the team that beat New York, the- York
2: right? Yeah, New York sucks!
0: Like- <laughs> In the final game of Summer show charge Charge like, oh my god, this is how we beat, this is how we win. And they figured it out on the last day. I hate this so much. Because it is
1: it, is, it is, it does make true. sense, but truest. I can't yeah. stand it. No. I can't stand it. Yeah, no. It makes me it shouldn't squirm. be a thing, but
2: that's the thing.
0: Yeah. I... Where's this topic gone? Yeah. So, Seoul probably make the tournament, even though they'll all lose the yeah. charge. They make it. <laughs> yeah. you're Joe, you are forgetting that you have to strategically lose a match to get through. Can't they just you lose to
1: Shanghai? Yeah,
0: because Shanghai. Are a team that you need to beat, and you cut. Have you not figured this out? To, to <laughs> straight, apparently slowly, not. not be a team, you're not going to benefit from you doing this. Oh, this is why Shanghai has to strategically lose to Valiant. This is why uh, team again, somebody has to lose to Florida. Dallas has to lose to Florida because it doesn't help Florida. The charge doesn't help charge. Joe, you, come on, get with the program here. I've explained this many times. It just doesn't compute. This, I don't get it. Three, get three it. ones one's the magic number. It is.
1: It is. At this point, I don't know what what kind of trickery is is you know behind four zero score lines, but yeah, it, it will just... be broken this season at this stage. Like
2: I don't know. I don't care for that <sighs> at, at all anymore. Like I don't even Good really team. think it's gonna, a thing.
0: I will squeeze juice out of their meme until it's just blood. <laughs> no, like which
1: which do you prefer? Do you prefer the four zero curse or the summer curse?
0: What's the summer curse?
1: Every for June and July in the entire Overwatch League history, there's always been like an upset when it comes to like stage finals. You look at stage or stage four in season one.
0: The upset will be Sol wins the entire stage and the other team should have won and they got upset by Sol. Go for it.
1: Yeah. That'll be the upset. I think it's Philly, but yeah, I think if if that's going to continue like it did in, in stage four. Bro. It it could be anybody, but I don't think it's anybody that that you know we're expecting. It's not Shanghai or Dallas, it's somebody off the books. Could be Seoul, could be Philly, could be well, fucking charge. Paris. I don't know. Yeah. No, stop not charge. Okay. No. He hates us uh, for this soul take and then has this
2: like fever dream of a narrative just like, Oh yeah, that's just the law of the universe. It happens
1: every third <laughs> state in you It working. happened three years in a row. What do you want me to do? Yeah. huh. Uh-huh. I, I charge, see a pattern. I charge, speak on. Charge on it. one last
0: year, even yeah. though they had Happy and Shoe and Nero and all the rest. But just saying, organizational wise, charges they're you, not unknown.
2: Joe, you understand that if you flip a coin three times, the chances of it
1: becoming heads three times in a row is not zero, right? Like yeah, and if I wear my pink socks when it happens, I'm just saying maybe I wear those pink socks. Oh again. my god, this man would have been a witch or
2: something like 50 years ago. <laughs> oh my god, like he. he like, he would have been, like, <laughs> forming his own religion and whatnot, like, being in the fields at Woodstock, okay. just selling even crazier, like, world views.
0: Speaking of pink here, why don't we move to the, the Spark? Since, right. you know, you've already kind of... You've already <laughs> kind of... You already kind of went there and sparked a little bit. So, Spark have dropped Takiaki, where well, they parted ways. We assume they... I don't know. Like, Takiyaki was not, for the longest time... Was stuck in Korea, couldn't go to China. Maybe he can't go to China. Maybe that's the reason. At the end of the day, Spark don't see a good reason to keep somebody on that is going to be on high ping. For some reason, he was having ping issues as well, um, and they don't want to use a player that's just going to stop be. That's not going to be part of the. That's not going to be in their facility with the rest of the team. So if that's if it's a logistical problem, it makes total sense. It feels also, like- I don't see Takuya getting game time over Kuzma anyway.
2: Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the point. Like playing Takuya, like. Basically, what Pajion did, playing Takuyaki ahead of Gushre is like you dating like the 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 boy that your parents don't like, just to spite them, you know? Like, I don't know what that was, but it never made
0: sense. It just didn't. Uh, Pajion also didn't play Shy. Pajion didn't play Shy yeah. and he didn't play Gushre. Which led to them getting owned. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. and then.
2: Uh, this, I don't know. It's just a rebellion, you know, a teenage rebellion of a single coach that just like wanted to have it do his way, and then I w- upon ejection, I w- Jack immediately
0: skyrocket, of course, like shy best one of the best players in the world. What happened uh, is like long have like, twelve players. Like here we go. We have a, we have half our team is a Chinese roster, half our team is a Korean roster, and Pad Jones like. So I heard there's a Korean roster here, uh, and that's what that's what it was. So. <laughs> Um, Hangzhou also have a homestand, a second homestand that replaces the Guangzhou homestand. That's going to be pretty high. I don't know. I I don't know what happened to the Guangzhou homestand. Shanghai's one's coming up the stage, by the way. So there's Shanghai one now coming up in the last week, and then there will be a Hangzhou one again, I assume, for Countdown Cup. Um, Hangzhou Spark is a team, by the way, so far on the stage. Uh, They lost to Seoul, so we kind of had that Seoul discussion. Some of the maps were kind of close. No. But Soul feel like they've figured it out. I will just got a freebie versus Valiant. Not too much worth talking about. It's really that zero and three versus Soul.
1: Yeah, it's still. I think you could throw anybody at at the Valiant and they'd probably beat him. Um, uh,
0: what about Vancouver?
1: <sighs> yes, they th- was. That's the ultimate breadsticks I, bowl. Yes, that's that's the uh, ultimate question. And it's one that I would like answered, but we'll have to see if you know the uh, the Overwatch League is that mean um but with the spark and soul it did kind of feel like another schedule like miss not mismatch but like it, it very clearly felt like two meta bubbles did not kind of collide until at this point where sparks are running a lot of wrecking ball a lot of just kind of like slow pokey comps a lot of ash tracer that kind of thing so mansu kind of comes in and see some play time and soul's kind of running what you're seeing in NA, and I hate to say that NA is the leader here, but it does feel that way. Where a lot of these, uh, uh, not everyone in NA is playing brawl. Be no, clear. not everybody. Not everybody. There are still some dive teams, but it's not like as much wrecking ball as it felt like Spark was running. Am I misremembering? I felt like well, they, Spark they were... is in.
0: running. Oh, Spark is running Sigma Bowl, like yeah, on, like King's Road stuff. It's that's bizarre. I think they're going 2-5. I think it's just like put, put Gu Shui on Winston. It's like what he's good at. Yeah, you don't have to. Play Brawl, and really, like I don't even think, yeah, dude. Okay, Na is not playing that much brawl either. They're actually no. playing more dive than brawl. I think, but, it, anyway. but that's the thing. That's if they were to
1: play dive, that would be a whole lot better than them playing wrecking ball and Sigma and Zarya. It, it just
0: it, so it's, it's so too. out of left field. Uh, yeah,
1: that's Homa too.
0: God bless him. He played all right, time.
1: but yeah, it's too much. My taste.
0: yeah too much running joke of the spark that over the over the uh match they play was the mcd was their best dps player which is maybe like you know it's funny but probably not accurate mm-hmm. but it's a little no. funny.
1: i mean he's he's quietly doing extremely well i guess not quietly if you pay attention um i think the spark probably bounced back i think they they get their stuff together they're a team that seems to kind of at least for my money should be bouncing back against New York and may run Shanghai close. It's it's that's a tough one, especially late Shanghai. This so.
0: team in APAC for the stage and them losing to Seoul is not the worst. True. True.
1: We'll see. Yeah. Shanghai is uh, is a big
0: question mark. But yeah, if they lose to Shanghai, it's two and two, and they're out. Two and yeah. two is usually not good enough to make it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Comes down to basically map scores at that point.
0: And getting see, the over three like- is well on yeah. of map scores you can't get over three. Yeah, you can't afford that. Hmm. Which is, I think, other thing. Right. I mean, yeah, I would have expected on paper, Hangzhou Soul, even if they were gonna lose, they would have at least taken have been close. Map.
1: Yeah, it should have been a lot closer than that. Yeah, but yeah, just kind of unlucky with the meta read.
2: Sorry. Any spark juice? No. Any spark juice? Anything you want to summon? <sighs> No, nah, not really. I, I don't know if they've have they clearly like outlined what who the new head coach is for them? Did I miss that? Like the the, yeah.
0: the guy from Billy Billy. Right. It, right is team. that
2: definitely defined as new head coach? I
0: or think is that just a coach they and... picked
2: up? Yeah, that's my confusion because Andante mm. was named like uh, interim head, interim head, head coach. Andante. But I don't know if Mentalist then re- displaces that position, or if they have co hit coaching or whatever. Like, you yeah,
0: coach. I keep forgetting that.
2: Hmm. Nice. Yeah. You I- for
0: the person responsible for one, Dragons. Anyway.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm not sure where, where this team is going. It's like so wild. Um, how their season has progressed. Where they just seem to have no consistency in terms of their uh, performances, and it's so weird. Like I'm still not convinced they have organizationally all f- figured it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, which the head coach question mark Maybe that's way more uh, answered, um, like already uh, in in the Chinese community than it is to us. But yeah, I f- I feel like. This is going to be tough for them. They're not going to win against Shanghai, and the NYXL game is also not winning it by itself. Right. So, honestly, like, from the level that these teams have shown, I mean, uh, they're kind of the same at the moment. Like, yeah, like, (laughs) losing against charge is not a great help by by, uh, New New York, but, yeah, I'm not sure. It's it, okay. basically two high potential teams that are just not getting it together consistently.
0: If yeah. we're moving on, let's just wrap up Hangzhou real quick. Probably a team that is likely to go two and two the stage. Yeah, yeah, would pretty much agree, which is not comfortable. We'll see. It's they got a good enough score line overall at six and four, six points. That I don't know how the uh, APAC or the Eastern regional kind of play-in format kind of works. I think two teams go straight to playoffs. Then I assume three through to six. Go into some sort of play ins or maybe three through to eight, but I it's probably three through to six. We don't actually have a defined thing for that, so Mm. we'll find out. Mm. Hangzhou based on points look like they should be safe for play ins, Uh, even though the top two teams in APAC will be Shanghai and either Seoul and Philadelphia. You'd say those are the three for sure. Shanghai clearly the above at number one because they're 11 points, three ahead of everybody else, and they haven't even played a game yet. This stage. so, yes, you already started talking about New York and stuff like that. Well, we are running out of time, so we're going to bundle um, New York and who else? Uh, Valiant, which is not nothing to talk about, guys. Valiant, 04, done, easy. They're going to be 016 yeah. for, the, for the year, so not, we don't have to talk about Valiant. Uh, we'll bundle New York and Chengdu together into one, and we'll also... Um, who else? Maybe Guangzhou in there. I mean, Joe, you've already talked a little bit about Guangzhou anyway. <laughs> in Guangzhou, we're just not having... We'll finish off Guangzhou really quickly, and then we'll get into New York. Guangzhou is essentially, um, they still have Philadelphia versus and Seoul coming up, so they're doomed. They're going to go 0-4. No, sorry, 1-3, because they beat New York, and the only thing to talk about is the fact that they beat New York, but otherwise we don't have high hopes at all.
1: Yeah, their their form as of late has been poor. Um, call it a meta, you know, mismatch. Maybe they got unlucky. It's It's just not good. Um and it's tough to see it getting any better. Obviously Hero Pools could save them, come countdown cup, but at this point it's it's pretty much, you know, I won't I won't do math on stream, but you know, it's getting to a you know mathematical just you're out. There's no way you're catching back up at this point.
0: You're like the seventh best team, right? In APAC? Yeah.
1: Most certainly Which, yeah.
0: when Valiant are as bad as they are basically means you're the worst team. Yeah. Like if you cut Valley out entirely because they shouldn't even be here. I think Guangzhou. I just like of all the actual competitive APAC teams, they're just currently last place. Even though they beat, hey, is that maybe fair to say? Even though they beat New York, it's kind of weird, right? That one York win actually does, you know, kind of mess up a few things. Sure, at least one hundred percent. It's. Uh, I think they are competitive. I would put
1: New York at a close, like second to them when it comes to like the bottom teams. Um, when, when you kind of show that much, and I'm basically speaking against that Chengdu game in particular, that 3-0, um, when you show that much just like failure to understand even like the basic win condition of your composition, that does not scream success to me. Um, and it's one that's very straightforward. Like, I, I I watch that control. They're running. Here, I'll pull it up it's effectively just somber tracer, Dallas comp, Lucio Moira. Like you're the team to make the plays. You're the team to make engages and consistently. Chengdu hunters is the team to go first. That can't happen. That can't happen. And there were times where charge actually does take the initiative. They are yeah. the team that's proactive and they actually win those fights. And they immediately go back to just kind of like standing and poking and looking for hacks. It's just, it, that can't happen. That cannot Stay- happen.
0: That comp kind of sucks, and I'm not just saying that because sure. I'm very vocal about how much I dislike the comp even last minute and, <laughs> and that ended up being the comp. And yeah, okay, you people are gonna bring up oh Shanghai even played. Okay, yeah, we I, I get it, I get it. But right now, when Tracer exists, it's just like you're gonna get run circles around. Yeah, uh, I I just don't I don't see the more comp lasting at all. But you're not wrong. Like if you're you're there's very fundamental ways you need to play this, but Chengdu know what their matchup is. The only thing that really pained me, and, and Chengdu know that this is part of the counter as well, um, they had leave on Torb a lot. Yeah. And putting leave on Torb is just like, dude, this is your best player, and he's on the Mu here, and Mu's not even in. Just tired cookies. And this is where we've transitioned to talking about Chengdu a bit. We were talking about Chengdu, Guangzhou at the same time, and maybe a bit in New York as well. Um, but one of the fundamental thing, things that changed for me between this charge match for Chengdu And the soul match for Chengdu is I could very tell, very much tell in the soul match versus Chengdu that Chengdu felt the difference in the lack of having leave on Echo because there were certain maps or certain positions on the maps where they're like, "Yo, we need leave on Echo," or leave is like, "I need to be on Echo," and he goes on Echo and it looks great. But then whenever when he's off Echo, it's like, "Oh no, this is going really poorly again." Hmm. His tracer looks very good, but I think he's going to diff by profit, which. Based on the fact that I'm I'm saying that profits the number one tracer in the world right now with striker gone, he, profit is. I'm not saying profit is as good as striker was when he left, but I'm saying out of who's remaining Stry- profits, the number pretty one. Pretty damn close. So, leave got diffed by profit. Not a big surprise. Profit's like the best tracer currently in my mind. Um, and this is the part of where I think it really hurts that they got rid of Kaneki, because Kaneki could have been their tracer guy. Tara Cookie just plays the same hero as Jim, Jimmy. So. Okay, okay, Chengdu, you've you've gone ahead and cloned Jimmy into another person. How does that help the team? How is that good for Chengdu right now? Like to me, this doesn't improve your hero pulls across four DPS. Like I, how do you have? And this is the craziest part: that Chengdu to me feels like they have potential hero pull issue in their DPS line, and they have four fucking DPSs, yeah, yeah. and that's an issue. What? Yep. It's because two players play the exact same heroes. So you don't actually have four players, you have three. Yep. And then like on those three heroes, you want leave on hit scans anyway. So yeah, Jimmy's gonna come and play some Widowmaking making stuff. But when you have Taro Cookie and Leave together, the whole time I saw that, I'm like, bro, you need to have Leave on McCree, not Taro Cookie. And Taro Cookie needs to be on the bench right now.
1: Right. Yeah. Just no no impact. If there's anybody that's really gonna get diffed, it's gonna be like whoever stands next to Leave, not only just getting diffed in hero pools but like fits versus taro cookie who are you taking every day of the week oh
0: it's not even
1: it's not a call. question even jimmy like i think jimmy's probably the better starter i don't know exactly you know maybe it's an integration thing they want to get him play time you know there's there's reasons that you can kind of explain this away but boy did he not have a great just debut he was just invisible just I said no, last next- week
0: as well, I was like, yeah, Tarakoki's not going to play this guy. I don't yeah. know why they signed him. And then they played him straight away. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. So he's not even an awful player. He just doesn't have a role on the team. Like, he's just, there's no reason for him to be on this team yeah. over Kaneki, who actually had, to me, Kaneki was like, all right, you got a Reaper guy. All right, you got a yeah. Tracer guy. What is what is Tarakoki on this team? He's, he's Jimmy 2.0. Or Feels maybe like not. It, he-
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. <sighs> It's What's a that, wild ride. Do, ex, help me explain or understand why Tara Cookie is there. Is he was he like a standout talent? And uh... I mean, he was good
0: on
1: Team Chaser, but
0: he's okay on Team Chaser. But he got, got hard overshadowed by his seventeen-year-old DPS partner. Yeah, pretty... I don't. I'd, I've not considered Taro Cookie to be one of like the prime prospects in China, I think it's an easy transition for the Chengdu organization, because they already own his contract, so like, oh yeah, just put him on the, on the actual Chengdu right. uh, roster, it's easy, because they don't have to pay a, a buyer, they don't have to deal with any contractual BS they otherwise would have, except to make sure they're paying him minimum peak salaries, etc. Um, but, you know, picking up somebody else from another org would be more difficult, so they're not going to do they just went and swapped up Kanicki and... Uh, I mean, maybe it's just an experiment. I wouldn't be surprised if in two weeks' time you see the opposite. It's like, Kaneki yeah. rejoins the, uh, the Chengdu Hunters roster, and Tarkuki goes back to Chaser. They can just do that within their org and make them both two-way players and whatever because it's all on, they, they own all the contracts anyway. So they can just experiment. Maybe it's experimental, yes. The only way I can expo- explain it is they're experimenting. Maybe it worked in scrims. Mm-hmm. They had some internal scrims and Tarkuki looked good and they're like, ooh, let's do this guy. But to me hunters looked way better as soon as they got rid of tar cookie again had Lee next to someone like jimmu and you know what Lee was playing when he's next to jimmu he's playing the mccree now and he is phenomenally better at that oh. and this is the this is the prime problem of chung do and it has been always been the problem of chung do for a long time but especially this year uh, and no i'm not talking about the tank problem now that's been solved but it's the it's the leave is so good that anyone next to him looks like sheikh and he's got three players next to him that are just not fulfilling a role, except for except for dare I say Jim Mu does fill a role, but he just feels like, like what does leave do- does what are the heroes leave doesn't want to play? Are yeah. all the silly heroes cool? Mu, you play that?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They got a glaring gap. They've they've done a good job at building out the rest of the roster. Gaga has been phenomenal, and and Heaven sent, but yeah, they need. I, I hate to always bring it up, and it's just like I don't see how Dia doesn't slot real nice into this roster. Looking kind of just no sense, yeah.
0: match made in heaven at this yep. point.
1: Yeah, makes absolute no sense.
0: He'd be coming in too late in the season. I, I hate oh to for say sure. It. Yeah, I agree.
1: It's it's not going to happen, but it's just like um,
0: almost three quarters of the way through. If you want. Because Dia fills Tracer. I don't know if he's going to be good enough on Tracer. I just think, uh, unfortunately, Leave will be a better Tracer than Dia. Unfortunately, <laughs> what you really need is you need a really damn good Tracer on this team to back up Leave so that Leave doesn't have to play the Tracer. And that person is a predator, but he's 17. Yeah, he's two. So, Chengdu 2022. You know, if you're a Chengdu fan, hope for a good, really good, strong 2022 because you have a wildly good Tracer in the, in the back pocket. He's yep. just not old enough. Maybe your um, planning didn't work out that well. Because it's
2: going to be a freaking entirely new game. This, like, if that was their game plan, I'm going to be very mad, because oh, that shit won't yes, have any consistency towards defense that. Defense. <sighs> that nah. I'm not even sure, like, if half the t- the players will even be feasible um. against, uh, like, the new requirements, so, like, oh, that's sure. actually a game really plan, Jesus Christ, dude, like, just sign the, the uh, like, for the bridge season, like, you can't count on your prodigy, like, even being half decent, even being Overwatch League level player in Overwatch 2. What are you doing if that is actually
0: the idea? You're assuming D will be really good at Overwatch 2. I don't know. No, 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 no. The... I'm
2: assuming that if you slot in DIA right now, it would be a significant upco- upgrade over Tower Cookie. And it might also be the difference, like if you have to play DIA 80k, the 30k difference that you have to play pay over minimum that you're probably pay, paying Tower Cookie, it's like... Definitely worth it. Pays for itself.
0: God, oh, if we talk about spending money, yeah, here's what I think. I've, I I feel bad for this because charge fans, charge has suffered enough. But Eileen probably wants to be on a better team anyway. I think Chung... That'd just, be nice. Eileen, you want to you want to be leave's DPS partner, and you and leave could. You're speaking it. my language. Oof! And now now you have now you have the DPS line that Chung have always wanted, mm-hmm. and they their dreams. It's just like, oh, God, I'm getting a wreck just thinking about it, guys. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, and what's next on the docket here? We are wildly running out of time. Take a shot by drinking game for technical crutches. Take a shot every time I say we're running out of time. Um, as Do we just we want have... to quickly go through the, the matches, maybe give a prediction and skedaddle? Yeah, so we've kind of... I feel we should talk about New York a little bit, and then okay. we can get into how, how great we think Philadelphia and Shanghai are going to be and why Shanghai's matches this weekend are very tough, but also very exciting. Um, but New York, t- uh, does anyone want to start us off on New York? They had 2-3 versus Guangzhou. Flora, Flora looks fantastic. Guangdong's back in. Yeah. Guangzhou just kind of beat them. I'm tr- I'm, I need a bit of a mind. I'm trying to figure out how they lost that again. It still feels weird. Like I don't even know how the That's hell was. That's such a that.
1: long game.
0: That's
2: bunch of like tech difficulties as well the thing beforehand like when you were sitting there and like prepping the game new york against guangzhou you you like that that's the type of match where you go oh, i must i must go new york like i made the stage and everything like they may be on the up and <laughs> up but it really doesn't feel like this is exactly the type of bullshit that would be coming in right now this is exactly the the scoreline where that would be happening to New York just when you think they finally figured it out Wild Guangzhou comes along because like if they lost to Valiant or something like, that would not be believable uh, screenwriting right so they had yeah. to go to the next most believable next thing next best thing which is like a long series against Guangzhou and it's it's still crushing my soul like ugh I don't know like there's on the one side like maybe there's some honeymoon stuff going on like oh yeah we got you know coaching, blah, 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 and, like, unchecked, or whatever. And, like, on the other side, it's it's just, like, with charge, you know? Um, new coach. But, like, come on, man. Like, I was ready to jump on the NYXL train. Like, where's the NYXL that that every once in a while seems to be jumping out? That's one of the biggest scrimbucks.
0: They looked so good versus charge, and then they lost. (laughs) Teams one three two, they're Like, well, tough game, but hey, you got the win. And you know, we got Guangbong in man. Guangbong is looking like the prodigy that he should have been, but no, they lost. Yeah. So even though they beat Valiant, which is a freebie, they now go up against Philadelphia and Hangzhou. It's like at best at best you upset That's Hangzhou. Too, too. You so uh, unfortunate New York, and, and New York are another team, to be fair, New York are the team that went to Hawaii, gifted by Philadelphia Valley, but this is another team that technically went to Hawaii, that, I mean, I don't know, we talk about New York as basically being the team that is either equal to, slightly worse, or slightly better than Charge, right? These are the two teams that hover around 6 and 7, while the other five teams play between one and five let's be fair shanghai is usually one so the other teams play between two and a four while shanghai sits on their throne yep. the apex mayhem
1: yeah pretty much Target just new york i i don't even know where to start like with like picking up picking it apart it's just yeah it's just so exhausting. none of it really seems to to gel like they have good players like i i i I'd probably die in the hill that, that Yakpung is a good player, but yeah. like, I've seen whatever. He,
0: I, yeah. I know what he's capable of. I
1: don't know. I've seen Gwang do really well. Eh. Jonak, obviously, is Jonak. Like, they have good pieces. It's kind of like Charge in the way that it's just like, it doesn't feel much like a team.
0: Is this like a Washington syndrome where, like, on paper, they're like, oh, this is some pretty good pieces. You know, like, Yakpung is a contenders champion. Guang Boon who's like this mega superstar rookie, Joe Nack, who's still pretty good even though he's got his haters out there that for some reason think he's watched uh, Flora and Ivy who are really good and it's just like you know maybe Friday's got a bit of a question mark on them but people, sure. most people think Bianca's a bit underrated but I think Bianca may, maybe that's true, maybe no, maybe that's actually not true Bianca's a bit, you know he's actually not playing super well right now which is where the rumors are that New York are getting a replacement but I don't know man like Flora, Flora is to me like, the player on the team right now, even above Jonak, that is really pulling the weight of the team. And yeah. Flora just cannot carry New York hard enough. He's he trying so hard.
1: It's that's, that's a lot to pull. It just kind of comes into just brawls. It's just constant mid-fight, just trading. Nothing seems to, like, really make a ton of sense. Positioning is kind of just all over the place. I mean, it sounds entirely general because it kind of is. Like, it's... It all just needs improvement, and at this point, it's getting towards like Viking funeral territory, where it's like just tear it all down, restart next season. I, I don't know that this is salvageable.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I maybe so only... charge. I'm trying to think back on it as well. Charge is kind of hitting the right cylinders as well, where Eileen's hitting some shots. Choice of mm-hmm. one can always carry the team. You know, when charge really turn it on, you got Frong and Kareev who can who have great histories behind them. It's just like nine times out of ten, Charge don't hit the mark, but the one time out of ten, they happen to beat New York. And New York yep. are like, what just happened? <laughs> uh, how did that happen?
2: And said, Kareev has great history behind him. <laughs> I'm just going to oh, let that slide. Two...
0: So saying... Rollstar, yeah. baby. <laughs> I missed that. Roll star Kareev. Oh, Kareev, yeah. I don't know he's on a he's on a struggling team i i will i will always die on the hill that players always look worse on a struggling team which sounds like an obvious say, but like most a lot of people give shit to main tanks like oh this main tank is so bad but like the worse your team is worse you look as a main tank and that's true for a lot of positions mostly main tank um i think there's a few positions where you can still stand out on a bad team and that's usually flick support and all the dps roles uh, which is why maybe Kareev gets a little bit extra shit because his position can still technically carry even if you're on a bad team, yeah. but you don't really see that at Kareev currently, so that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, finishing off, guys, Shanghai, Philadelphia, still pretty high hopes. If we develop into a brawl meta or into any sort of Ryan meta, I see Philadelphia doing super well, Um, but we got some yeah. excellent matches ahead, and I will be casting this week, and I'll be casting all four of the games. Mm. That includes Seoul losing to Guangzhou Charge, but also... <laughs> It includes what I think is the APAC El Clasico, even though the last time I I've really gassed up this game, I was like, this game's going to be so good. <laughs> and dominated 0 3, and I was like, oh, I'm just I feel like, I got egg on my face after that. But um, Seoul versus Shanghai to open up. Such an excellent game for Shanghai's first match. And then Shanghai play Philadelphia. It's like mm-hmm. it's hard to pick it's tough. which of those two games is going to be a better one. Probably yeah. the Philadelphia one, just because you never know what Seoul's going to do. But Shanghai have two banger matches to start the season, to start the uh, stage with.
1: Mm -hmm. and that's scary for them because again much like a lot of good refinement teams in the past and i feel like i i I can confidently say that shanghai is is not an innovative team they're very much like oh that's what we're running okay we're gonna get really really good at that um they need a week and they don't really get a week they're they're kind of coming in i mean they had had a week yes they had a week but Their debut is, is tough, right? You have Soul, and then you're directly into Philly. Like, that's not a ton of breathing room. Like, yes, you may have an extra week to scrim, but those those feel like two very different soul. styles.
0: You got a week to download Soul. You saw what Soul did. That's one thing. True, true. That, that, that's how you run Brawl. In fact, if you just prep for Brawl, you can cover both Soul and Philly.
1: That's if, I don't know. I, I'm still like, I I think they I think they go one and one. I I have it going Philly's way, and I think they beat. I think Shanghai beats Seoul, but I think it might be tight.
0: Okay, I think Lip Tracer. I think okay, guys, this is where Lip Tracer proves himself. Proves it in himself. Awesome. Because Lip Tracer was like this anomaly that happened in May Melee. kind of like seeing a UFO. Is like, did I really see that or am I? Is, is, is my eye... Is, is is that a weird weather effect? What was that? Mm-hmm. And now, it's time to get abducted and probed by <laughs> Lip Tracer, right? Now it's time to, to really, really get into, like, okay, this is real. Lip Tracer is actually a for real deal, because it's going to get tested against profit, or it's not for real, and it's just like, well, it's just a fluke.
1: It was just a paper lantern. That's all it was. Just <laughs> flying... It's not a ufo why, it's not aliens beating shanghai um i mean we kind of talked about it last show but to quickly kind of run over it uh shanghai early tends to kind of flub matches i think you could go seoul beating them i i don't think they have a 20 week um i suspected that brawl was going to be viable and i feel like that plays very well within philly's kind of wheelhouse To the degree that I do kind of see them maybe even dabbling much like Paris did with like a double shield composition on certain maps, depending, you know, if they get Volskaya. Um, I think they can throw them a weird look and I don't know that Shanghai is going to be necessarily prepared for it.
0: Now, uh, Philly Guangzhou, probably a free win for Philadelphia. Real talk. Seoul Shanghai could go either way. Seoul Guangzhou realistically is Seoul's win. Philadelphia, I hate that I even have to say realistically, it's like, <laughs> it definitely is their win, but you know, three one maybe. Who knows? Shanghai, pretty 50. If you actually think about it, Shanghai have a tough stage. Yeah. They also have Ultra Spark. So on paper, they have three of the toughest, the other three toughest teams in the region to play against, and then a freebie versus Valiant. Yeah. So if it wasn't for the fact that Shanghai are like the number one team, this would be like all kind of scary. Mm. Uh, but Philadelphia as well. They have Shanghai, Guangzhou, into Chengdu, New York. So if they're if they're stable and they don't lose stupid games, we have to remember Philadelphia last stage started zero two.
1: Yes, they did. Ruined, just ruined
0: stage as as well as losing a map to Valiant. The zero two start, which I believe included a loss to New York. Yes, did that
1: they did now lose they're... to New York, which is egregious. That that can't
0: happen. You think it's going to be Shanghai? I understand. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Dying on that hill. It's them in Paris. That's the final. Uh, I do think Philly will come back with a with a vengeance here. is coming in, by the way. Uh, um yeah. yeah. the Shockwave play Tracer for this team? I assume he does.
1: Good. He? I mean, we only we haven't got to see him on Philly, to be fair. This is this will be his debut. Um from the bits that I remember, kinda just an echo and Farah. Yeah, Titans oh, boy. E Q O
0: does. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's difference between it. him and E Q O then.
1: I I think there's probably a little oh. bit more depth. I think I I'd probably put my money on Shockwave Tracer to be honest, because Rascal definitely didn't perform.
0: <laughs> players in one hit scan and Carpe. Is that what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and All I right. I do like Carpe. I thought carpe's had a good season this far.
1: I mean, he yes, is, last month Kobe is.
0: Do we think Ch- Cab is going to play Tracer do we trust him on Tracer? Probably I, not.
1: No. I don't think he'll be playing Tracer. I think he's probably going to be their primary hit scan. And yeah. then it's between Rascal and Shockwave. Yeah. Uh, or or if I, I, I guess, but. What if? I, I don't know.
0: Philadelphia completely misread the meta and just play something way out of bounds for them and they become a somber team. Then they lose. I don't know. They play Summer Ball. They play Summer ball.
1: <laughs> They're doing that, then yeah, wrap it up. We, that's an 4 No, that's not. But that's a hypothetical I choose not to believe in.
0: No, they're probably gonna play they're probably gonna play Brawl. I don't think they play the May version, so Rascal probably doesn't get to play at all. Mm. I suspect it'll be a McCree variation with Carpe on that. Yep. Um they're very good on Brawl. Funny Ashford, like this is a new look for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. This like, is full man, power, all there. Like, no, it's not. They know Poco, but it's like that. Yeah, Ninety yeah, like, percent right. power, right? Yeah, the closest so, you're gonna
1: get at this point.
0: Hey, they get to they get to experiment versus charge, and then bring it to full bear versus Shanghai.
1: Hopefully,
2: yeah. I'm not even sure if Poco is such an upgrade over Hotba, To be honest, I feel like uh... the other two ones are the bigger ones to me, and it's also. The thing is, <laughs> yes, like the deep shockwave, like I said, shockwave is a game changer. This meta, I'm not sure. It's like, yeah, it's tough. It depends on what you want to run. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have maps where you need to flex a lot, especially between, like, uh, let's say, I don't know, Echo and Tracer and whatnot, or whatever it is, like that's when shockwave is your guy. I think. Much more so than uh, Rascal was with... Uh, on. I mean, he did play Tracer this season, but not that inspirationally, to, to no, be fair. Yeah. Um, I also think... Hmm, I think... I mean, what we know of Shockwave is that he has a really good echo from what we saw last, yes. last season on, on Titans. Strong um, stats. So I I want to see that be put to use in a team that actually is good... I just doubt they're going to get it together this early. Like, yes, it helped them that they had some time to get fine together. Then again, I thought the same for them, like, in, in May melee. And then they went 4-0. But, yeah. Maybe they I'm... get a...
1: They get the, the, the honeymoon drip. You know?
0: You just Maybe drip just... in the
1: players and get some get some new morale. Yeah,
0: Is this team the new Dallas feel where they're just a trace of black hole? Like, they just... This is Tracer Void.
1: Yeah, Which but I mean, it kind of wraps up, you know, circles back to what we were saying. You don't need, like, a, like, world-beating tracer. On some maps, you might... Like, True. I, don't know, man. I agree. When, you can't just brawl every map. Okay, at the at the fear of opening
2: up, like, a new tangent, but, like, when did we stop considering copy to be an STS racer? When he kind of stopped playing it? Because he, he did a, play I, it, I, but I, he wasn't like I,
0: top tier, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, it, dude. Okay, if he pulls it out versus Lip, right, there's a few ways. Okay, Lip would have to show his his middle versus profit, and then in a roundabout way, then Carpe pulls it. I don't know. Like, it's just it's tough in that in that position, but Carpe. Carpe Tracer is just something I haven't seen for a very long time so maybe I'm just like assuming it's bad because I haven't seen it in a long time but like his focus has moved so far away from that hero now Um, the best thing that that could happen to this team is that one of Ikio or Shockwave ends up picking up a Tracer and it's really good and then Carpe's freed up to play his specialty and then you one of those two players actually has a a more beneficial role to the team right now if if Shockwave and Ikio are just uh, clones of each other that's not helpful that doesn't really help Philadelphia Fusion or Rascal. <laughs> like Jimmy and Taroku being the same player, it's like, what does that do for you?
1: I think Rascal's basically like a control bot. I think that's the most likely instance that you're going to see him probably play like a Sim or like a May.
2: Yeah, it's like he's like in the the um Jinmu back right? Pretty much. Sure. Yeah, he's going to be special.
0: Jinmu can even then go sombre and far and Tob. So maybe Rascal plays. I don't know. Like that's at this stage, e q o and and Shockwave should be able to play pretty much everything Rascal can play. Yep. And the only thing Rascal should be like the like bonafide. fide hero guy okay. is me. May. Yeah. yeah, maybe not even that anymore. But that's his most likely his best yeah. hero. I don't know.
2: Yeah, agreed.
0: So. That's going to be it. Uh, most exciting match for you guys, probably Philadelphia Shanghai. That'd be the one. I'm actually thinking Seoul Shanghai.
2: Yeah, I feel Seoul uh, Shanghai.
0: Yeah, with,
1: with Seoul showed, I would say Seoul Shanghai for sure. Um, Close second, I think. Uh, I mean, that's not going to be exciting. Yeah, I'll say Seoul Shanghai. Yeah.
0: And then NA, to me... Just because it's also in a in a live venue, not land, but a live venue is Dallas, mm-hmm. Houston, for the, uh, yeah, Battle for Texas. Yep,
1: that'll be good for you know, just kind of oh, feeling like normal. No, oh,
0: I'm is it next week? Oh. Next week is um, you got Dallas Mayhem. Yeah, maybe Paris, San uh, Francisco. Actually, uh, for some reason, I maybe I'm just mm-hmm. buying that too much Joe, but. We will see. We will see. See if shot gets together. I I said Washington Atlanta was going to be an important match. I'll stick by that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's a good one. Yeah. I don't hate that one. Definitely. It'll be, even if it's like a dud, it'll be good to see two teams that haven't played yet again. Very (laughs) stylistically opposed. Atlanta has historically wanted to be slow, and Washington is a very high tempo team that wants to, you know, play Winston and, you know, get Mag in his wheelhouse. Both are, you know, coming with questions. Does Washington have the decay button? Does Atlanta, you know, have the practice coming from Hawaii? Just, you know, not too much, not too long
0: ago. So it's there. There are some questions to be answered for sure. All right. Well, that'll be it then. You, we've got a pretty, you know, sophisticated preview. Well, mostly recap into a bit of preview here as well. In I think our longest episode so far that I've I've been a part of. Uh, We definitely went really deep this time, or in terms of at least the amount of time spent. We must have spent like half an hour on San Francisco to start with that was extreme. But looking forward to matches coming up this week. I'll be casting the pack side of things, and then next week we'll be back for 182. Technical Crouch to discuss how our weekend matches went, about how Seoul are now after they played all their matches, and where Shanghai is at, and where Shock and all the rest are. But thanks for hanging out. Hit that subscribe button. Big shout out to our patrons and all our subs and stuff like that. This is Tactical Crouch episode 181 wrapping up. We'll see you next week, same time.